He better have a good reason for not being here, though, because my reason for not recording a podcast was birth of child. True. You know, yes. that that's the kind of level we're working at for excuses and not turning up. Okay. That, yeah. Well, you're winning on that league table so yeah. far. Well, that, I'm also going to use that as the intro to the podcast as well. What's that? <laughs> Need bad-mouthing you in. I, I wouldn't until you know exactly the reason why. Well, that's a fair point. Welcome to the Conquistables. Come with us on a ride on the Lex Express back to the summer of 1993 for SummerSlam 1993. In the driver's seat, Gigolo Cameron Phillips, Dr. Phil Doyle, and Jordi Allen Milburn. Only tonight on the Conquistadors. So it's just a triple threat podcast tonight. It is. It's a triple threat. Triple threat with uh, myself, Phil Doyle, and my left. I don't know who's on your left. <laughs> Depends on which direction you're facing, really. Um, I'm facing. You've got your compass. Uh, I don't, well, on my left would be Cameron because that's slightly more. I don't know how how how. Where is your left shoulder in relation to north? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's near the window. Okay. Oh, um, let me get my phone. Let me get my phone. <laughs> you two introduce yourself. I'll set out which direction I'm facing at the moment. Go on, Al. Um, I'm in the east, I think. <laughs> the northeast. Uh, in Northeast, that's right. In Newcastle. <laughs> the the most glorious of all Easts. Oh, yes. You can have the Far East. <laughs> or the oh, North. Or the, or the Middle East. <laughs> or the Middle East. No, nothing of that. No, no, no. You want the North East. <laughs> We've gone there already, have we? Yep, we <laughs> have. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, hold on. Uh, my shoulder. Right, north is behind me. All right. My shoulder, my left shoulder is facing east. So I would be on my my left. Yeah, ish. I... Right, let's start this again. Right, so <laughs> I'm on the left. Right. <laughs> what if you could have just said a name, and that would have been fine? But me and Cameron didn't know which one who who was going. Anyway, Cameron and Al's here. Yeah. Hi. Hi. How's it going? I'm fine, thank you. Yourselves? I'm um, not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, I I had a week last week where I had to work from home. Because right. Lady had to go to Scotland for a funeral. Uh, so I was working okay. at home with, uh, with Wyatt because she left him behind. Uh-huh. So I wake up at like 7 o'clock in the morning with him, give him some food, and then put him into like his jump, jump, jumping gym. Put laptop, laptop, laptop on to do some work. And I was like, oh, I need to be like on in the background just to kind of keep me sane through the day. Mm-hmm. WWE Network. Oh, yes. That's what it's handy for. I think it was four days I didn't watch anything apart from that. I just had it on all the time. It is a glorious thing. I, I, I gave Kyle his first taste of wrestling on the network the other night. Oh, what did you watch? He watched the ladder match from WrestleMania 31, the Intercontinental match. Oh, nice. He was quite impressed. Um, he was like, he, he like got to the end and he was like, what do you think of that? And he went, it's, it's good. Like, that's, that's not like a, a wrestling wrestling match. That's a ladder match. They just have to all get the belt. That's what spots. That's what and he's spots. like, and then he was there kind of going, but it'll be dead easy. You just jump up the ladder. I was like, going, yeah, but the other guys are trying to stop you. <laughs> <laughs> 
And he was a bit, that, he laughed his arse off when like Stardust pulled the glittery ladder up from under the <laughs> ring, and it was the name I can't remember the name that it was given. That's Spangled Stardust, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, it was like the intergalactic <laughs> journey porthole or something like that, or whatever. And it was just that. Oh, uh, bad news to stamp it in half. Kyle thought that was just yeah. <laughs> Wade Barrett just basically cracked it, you know, in half. It's <laughs> funny. So yeah, he liked that. So he's he's slowly getting there, basically. Well, speaking of that, uh, WrestleMania did happen, didn't it? Yeah, it did. I, I watched it live uh, when it happened. Yep. Uh, what, what, what do we think of it? I know we, you know, we'll just do a quick review of it rather than a massive thing about it. But I, Best one for many, many years, I'd say. Ooh. Many, many years. Yeah, many years. I think, I mean, I've, I think I've, I've kind, of, kind of watched them regularly since 28, so 28, 29, 30. I think there's been like good spots in each one, but there hasn't been like a good, like it hasn't been consistent across the whole card. Yeah, that's that's what was good about it. All all the stuff held up. Everything up to like you know the first kind of four matches, the ladder match, like the um, the tag match on the pre-show was really good, and the um, battle royal was good apart from the ending. The ladder match was good. Seth Rollins and Randy Orton was really good. Uh, what was after that? Sting Triple H. Yeah, that just was just bonkers. Nostalgia, nostalgia all over. I think it was somebody on a podcast kind of said it was basically like a reenactment to the Midnight Men- Wars. You know, apart from when the um, uh, NWO came out, X Pac should have been with them. And then if he kind of switched sides to DX halfway through, then it would have been like a perfect reenactment to the Midnight Men- Wars. I I seriously thought at one stage that X Pac was going to do that. <laughs> I I thought he's he's going to switch because he was he's he's the only guy that was legitimately in both. Yeah. <laughs> so, fair, fair play, like Scott Hall took a back body drop. He his, did. Yeah, and I was like, oh man, I'm really hoping yeah. he's okay. <laughs> Hogan went into the uh, the corner post, didn't he? He took a bump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hogan took a bump. So it was like he just came out. You know, wasn't as bad as Hogan last year when he got the name of the stadium wrong. No. Glorious did moment. You see um, Nash holding his leg. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure that was an in joke. I think I think that was a bit. Yeah, he did he's his quad, didn't he? Clearly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, Rusev coming out on a tank. Oh, that was brilliant! brilliant. Be- Why did they give him such a face entrance? Because it's Rusev. Yeah, and he's cool, and he's he's actually more over uh, on the night than <laughs> Cena was. Because Cena, that video at the start, American nationalism, as we'll get to when we talk yes. about SummerSlam 93, obviously, there's just a slight link in there. Yeah. You know, how does Cena get booed after that video package? Cena, I was like, it? they must cheat him. Surely they'll cheat him. Shoot, what? <laughs> Even when he came out, there was a little bit of cheating, but you could just say, boo. Well, that was, was like, just like the power of wow. the... Um, the patriotic fervor of the video, wasn't it? That was all that got them cheering. Then they were like, "Oh, Cena's coming out!" Boo! Yeah, if we if we had the if we had the time that we get into it, and it, it, I, I was I genuinely think that the whole national America yeah uh, thing is dying a death. Yeah, because now it, they, they make such a big thing about having different nationalities in NXT. Like they, re- they released the photo the other day of the new intake. Yeah, they're all. Like, it's like oh, we've got we've got people from Germany, from Britain, from America, from. You know, uh, whatever it was, Spain. I was, they make a big thing about having international people. Yeah, and it's. I think that you know they've got Finn Balor, who you know, who's from Ireland, but it's not as if he's like, oh, to be sure, Irish. You know, he's, <laughs> he's not dressed be... as Hornswoggle coming down. Yeah, is he? exactly. Thank God. He's, it just seems to be in the last couple of years, you don't get these kind of 
I know I'm, I'm talking to a company that introduced Los Matadors, <laughs> but you don't. They <laughs> seem did, to be the last they? of the major kind of stereotypical. Oh, these guys are Spanish. But yeah, but that's just on the main roster, isn't it? That seems to be like they need to almost like they kind of this is like I, we have to have people in kind of broad strokes because people are idiots. Yeah, but they seem to be. And you can kind of a... see that working in some markets, but I think for the audience they've got now, who get yeah. smarter by the week. Yeah. It's, you need that kind of, you know. Yeah, if, you, if you're a good wrestler, you're a good wrestler regardless of country. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I think Rusev's got now. Because Jim Ross did point out in his podcast and say he, like, he, he, he likes his, albeit adopted, home country. Because um, obviously he was originally put across as Bulgarian. Yeah. Um, and he's an athlete and he wants to win. <clears throat> he never really cheats, bar the ball kick at Fastlane. And he's not, um, you know, he's not devious. He doesn't whine about losing. Yeah, how, well, is, uh, how is Rusev a heel? <laughs> yeah, a lot of like what Cena was doing in the build-up, he was more heelish. Yeah, like the thing of you know putting the STF on the Rusev till he passed out, then wake it up again, like forcing the rematch. That's a heel thing to do. That's not what a face does. No, I so they don't seem to understand with Cena is that they kind of make him do horrible things that to make him kind of like try and give him an edge to make him between her, but it doesn't work. It just makes him seem stupid. No, he's just he's too much of a golden boy yeah. if you want proper heel work you go to Seth Rollins because he's just the heel monster he is amazing yeah um, and you know the, the, that main event was I think I described it right it was just genius booking on a level that I think nobody expected I genuinely think it was the only way they had out yeah Without. I think that's why they never had Rollins cash in his million back because that was always the you know the get the oh, yeah, yeah, get yeah. out of jail free card because if um, if Lesnar had signed with UFC you know when this was going to be his last match yeah you know the the big worry is that is Lesnar going to do the job before on, on his way out the door so they've always got Rollins there with his briefcase to kind of you know mop up a little bit but how it worked there it solved all their problems in yeah. one stroke yeah Lesnar didn't get pinned. So still looks like a monster. Um, he technically could afford to turn babyface because he was always going to anyway. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Rollins um, looks like the devious heel in a kind of edge mold by cashing yeah. in. And um, Roman Reigns only got pinned because he got batted by Lesnar and then got curb stomped by Rollins. How good was Lesnar though? Like, I don't know. There's been like rumors swirling that he bladed when he went into the ring post. Me and Al were talking about this. I I couldn't see the moment he bladed. No, but there was like someone put like a gif or a video like the ref handed Rollins something, like just prior to that spot. All right. You see him put something in Rollins' Rins. hand in uh, Reigns' hand, and then he goes into the ring post and he's and he's like gushing like a. He was you know, proper deep cut, like yeah. So it, like the 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 rumors was like there was like the ref passed something to Reigns there to give to Lesnar to in order to kind of you know open him up. Mm-hmm. Rather than doing it, you know, hard way into the into the post, but knocked himself out doing his hard way. Yeah, but it just made like that last kind of bit where you know uh, Reigns is trying to super punch him, and he's covered in blood, and Reigns has got bleeding from his mouth as well, and all that. Yeah, it just like it just kind of helped build to that crescendo. Yeah, it was and really good. Rollins comes out. My son gets really annoyed, like properly angrily annoyed, and he gets the belt because that's what he does. It was um, it was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. Rewinding a bit though, what did we think of Taker Why um, Bray Wyatt? Uh, it was it was too light for the match. I don't. There's nothing you can do about the weather, man. Or the, no. You know, and the, and the sun and the moon. 
Yeah, but, but obviously you know, they, they couldn't have the they couldn't put the, the event any later because it's got to go you know certain times all around the world and stuff. Yeah, off yeah. pay views and things. They, they so they couldn't have. I think that's why the the Triple H Rock promo ran as long as it did. Too long, too long. Is the answer. No, it went on for ages. Yeah, but you can kind of so. tell they're going right. We just keep going, and you know we'll ho- hopefully get it like as dark as possible for Taker to come out. Yeah. Even though the bit where he got Ronda Rousey was really cool. That that was a good moment. Oh, if, if they'd have got to that within 20 minutes and not 20, you know, 10 minutes with, instead of 25, then they would have been yeah. all right. Yeah, I, th- I think but, they were yeah. playing for time to get it as dark as possible. But, you know, he, the Undertaker shouldn't come out with, like, you know, with light skies behind him. But he didn't get a really elaborate entrance. Oh, um... Wyatt had more of an elaborate entrance than he did. They spent all uh, the money on the tank. So, so how many... How many NXT people were dressed up as them scarecrows? <laughs> and in, in a year's time, we'll go, oh, there's your Intercontinental Champion. He had a bag over his head at WrestleMania 31. <laughs> yeah. I thought, I was, I was like, wow, what if, like, the, the um, one of the scarecrows took off his mask and it was CM Punk? Oh. And he laid out The Undertaker to let White win? Uh, that would have been amazing. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, what would have happened to the internet if that had happened? That would have, oh, it would have exploded. It's never going to happen in a million years. It's never going to happen. But no. Never going to, well, you know, maybe years down the line. Punk well, to be to fair, in, in 2004, Brock Lesnar was sat opposite a courtroom in, you know, with the WWE trying to break his contract. Yeah. So, you know. You never know. You never know. You never know. You never know. It was a good, good WrestleMania. It was a good WrestleMania from the spectacle. Match quality was... There was not one sort of big, massive classic that you look back and kind of go, that was incredible. There that wasn't like a five-star... No, there wasn't, like, there wasn't like a Shawn Michaels taker or, 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 or anything like that really in there. But it was good as a consistent thing. It yeah. was entertaining. Some of it was ridiculously daft, but <laughs> it, it that's fine. You know, don't mind that. Um, yeah. But it It was good. I enjoyed it and I was entertained at the end of the day that's really what it's all about yeah I had a great I thought it was one of the best pit views in a long long time mm-hmm. yeah. and also the um, the NXT show where they show the um, the tournament to get into the main event into the sorry the Battle Royal that's really good as well if you haven't seen that I haven't seen the whole, yeah. they kind of really do uh, push behind um, Kenta sorry Hideo, Hideo Itami on it yeah. really good cool cool like you see with his kids and his kids are so cute because they're small and Japanese yeah, and then you see like one of the kids trying out his GTS and his little brother, which is <laughs> like that. That as well in the in the um, when he finally busts out a GTS in that crowd, that is such a good. Oh moment. yeah, the, the, when he cracked Tyler Breeze with it, yeah, that's awesome. Crowd going mental. And Ty- uh, Tyler Breeze, man, I flipping love him. He's cool. He's gonna have to be main event soon, or like or up, the main, up to the main roster rather. He was in like the Fatal Four, wasn't he? Yes, and. Like he's not the biggest, but he's just got such a good, like heel look to him. He's a very young. Um, he looks. He, he reminds me of a young Shawn Michaels. Yeah, and like when he came out with um, Shawn Michaels circa this time, around about nineteen ninety three, actually. Yeah, he had that match with um, Adam Rose, and like all the Rosebuds were there, and he kind of like forced them out the way with his selfie stick. That was brilliant. Yeah, it's like that kind of stuff. Yeah, like just little details. He just knows how to be a heel and how to be like a. An annoying heel. An oh, yeah, I like twat, him. Yeah. Twat. Speaking of arrogant twats, SummerSlam 93. The Lex Express has been crisscrossing this great land of ours. With Lex Luger meeting hundreds of thousands of Americans, his red, white, and blue call to action campaign has finally reached its destination. The Palace of Auburn Hills in suburban Detroit, Michigan. This, ladies and gentlemen, is the setting 
for the 1993 edition of SummerSlam. Off the dark match, you always miss the dark match out. Oh, for God's sake! Although we do have the rule if it's not on the network, then we don't include it. But carry on, Al. Well, well, well it, it is the mighty clash between Owen Hart and Barry Harwis. So wait, Owen Hart has a match, runs out back, puts in an awesome pair of cowboy boots, and gets back out in the <laughs> and crowd a really, later on. A really cruddy coloured shirt. Really <laughs> yeah, yeah, isn't it? Really, really crap colour. You don't look at you know that kind of beige shirt. They both. The thing is, they both got the same colour of shirt. Yeah, they do, don't they? It's as if it's their, brothers. It's as if their parents have just kind of gone, eh, this will do. <laughs> it's, probably been handed, it's probably been handed down from every brother, you see. Probably so probably it's probably like hand-me-downs. Um, but so, we don't care about the data match. No, so. no, we do, we do. We don't, because we've got to get to the Lex Express. No, it's got significance, because here, here is Owen Hart in the dark match. Uh-huh. One year, year later, he's main event in SummerSlam. So he is, I didn't think of that. So he is. But is that any, any more important than the Lex Express? Well, yes. in, in hindsight, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. That, that bus must cost them a pretty penny to drive around the country with Lex Express written on the side. So we'll, we'll get to the details of Lex Express later on, but I love the way in the video package at the start, the first thing I've written on the page is, why did they give the impression that Luger himself drove the bus? Because <laughs> he's there Lex behind Express. the wheel going, oh, yes, I'm a, I'm a driver. <laughs> going across America. <laughs> Because a bus of that size, Cameron, you you, you need muscles to move a bus well, that size. Well, you do, you do, yeah. You oh, need I... like the total package behind the wheel to be able to manoeuvre it with any kind of level of skill. Yep, pretty much. But it ends up in suburban Detroit. It, shockingly, that. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they do kind of always specify that they're in suburban Detroit. I don't know why. The Palace of Auburn Hills in suburban Detroit, Michigan. Maybe suburban Detroit's the posh part. Maybe maybe something like that. Well, Detroit is a city that has gone bankrupt recently. So yes, um, they spent the last of the money on the statue of Robocop, I believe. Justifiably no, so. That was a Kickstarter campaign. Yeah. Where was it? They, right. Yeah, they 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 said the 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 city hall in Detroit wanted a symbol of someone from Detroit that people thought of. They looked at and they said they had to resemble hope and it had to resemble the future. Now then, someone jokingly put. <laughs> What about Robocop? Everyone yeah. jumped on it and he won about 83% of the vote. Brilliant. It works for me. He's, and, you know, he, he came back from being dead. There can be no greater hope than that. Yep. He's a robot, therefore that's the future. Yes. <laughs> uh, and like, he's, even, he's even helped Sting out. What, what do you want? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. There you go. He's just ticked all the boxes. Apparently there was a big, there was a big kerfuffle because City Hall originally said, no, we can't have that. There was a mass protest outside City Hall because they said, no, we all voted for it. That's what you're putting on there. Because there was like a list of other celebrities and all this kind of stuff that were from Detroit, you know, blah, blah, blah. blah. I can't, got, I can't like, name any. Uh, Rockies in Philadelphia, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So they, there is now an eight, I think it's eight and a half foot tall bronze statue of Robocop outside Detroit City Hall. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. <laughs> but just to kind of wildly segue for a moment, speaking of Robocop, did anybody hope when uh, 
Triple H came out with the Terminator stuff. <laughs> that Robocop was going to come out and do a tag match with Sting. I, I really wanted that to happen. I really thought that, they were going to, they, they would have pushed. But then, up, like, Robocop would have had to start his run in about the start of the show because it would have taken that long to get down the ramp. Yeah, it, it would have. It would have, pretty much. Really long time. What was the intro like to the show? I'm trying to remember what it was. Um, it was basically like the, all the, the Lex Express I remember has traveled across America. Oh, it's all Finch, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's all Finch's like, voice, The Lex Express it? has stopped at Suburban Detroit <laughs> for SummerSlam. And then it's it doesn't make any mention of Yokozuna at all. Because <laughs> um, you've got Bobby Heenan and Vince on commentary, isn't you it? you got Bobby Heenan and Vince on commentary, yes. Um, <laughs> which is unusual, at least, because Vince is doing his typical kind of Oh no! Please don't say that. That's rather rude. <laughs> kind of. He's still in that phase. Um, Heenan um, will only have one more paper for you left before he went. I was going to say he can't be yeah. long going. No, he, he makes Survivor Series and then he's done. Done after. And that. he's done in the January the night yeah. before. Bobby and Vince. Yes. Are they the best combination of the two of them? Well, they no. did SummerSlam '92 um, off the top of my head as well. I think that was their. They did SummerSlam '92 together. I think that was yes, their only other pay per view together. I think. Yeah. And then Survivor Series afterwards. All right, because I say he as we're just talking with Al, Heenan wasn't that long out the door after this. Well, another, <laughs> I'd say another six months, and then he was gone. Yeah, because he had like uh, was it neck injuries or something, and he had to. He wanted to retire. Then Mean Gene said, "Oh, come to WCW." Yeah, and he was. And he did. He was on WCW for ages. Actually, I think I think Vince and Bobby did Survivor Series '92 as well. I think it was SummerSlam '92, Survivor Series '92, yeah. and then they did SummerSlam Survivor Series '93 as well. I think. But I always felt like when I saw Vince come to you, I was like, "Oh, if I want to hear Gorilla Monsoon," and then they point out like there's Jim Ross and Gorilla Monsoon on the radio. can't think of anything quite as dull as listening to wrestling on the radio i wanted to <laughs> listen to that so badly when i was younger it's like well i want to listen to it well you should have joined the american military Al. on the wwe network was, they must be able I to like 12. get the audio for that and have like a separate audio track between yeah. the two you it know would I mean? be quite funky it's probably nothing nothing they've thought of it would involve a little bit extra work uh, you know, it's just like separate audio tracks on like a DVD, isn't it? For comedy tracks or whatever. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. But... That'd be awesome to hear what they said. I hear like Jim Ross calling this in the Grill of Monsoon. Yeah, I love the fact also that they seem to be as high up as they possibly can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like did, as high up as possible. Did they call a match at this SummerSlam? Did they have a match to call? No. No. What? Mo- uh, Grill Monsoon and Jr. Yeah. No, they were, no, they, they, were, were, they were stuck on WWF radio. No, in no. the Rumble just... when they did the same thing at the '94 Rumble. They let, they let JR and Gorilla Monsoon, I think it was the IC match they got the commentator on. All right. So they give them a match that time, but obviously not this time. Jim Ross grumbling about not being able to do the job he wanted to do. Probably, probably. Well, yeah. at least he's not in a toga for this pay-per-view. No, he's not in a toga. He's not a toga. We'll get to togas later on, by the way. No, we won't. <laughs> we will. We're going to get to Million Dollar Man versus Razor Ramon. Um, firstly, by the way, just before we do that, no Vince Growly voice rundown this month. Well, no, because you've got the Lex Express. What mm. more do you need than that? To... Arrived in suburban Detroit for <laughs> SummerSlam. No. Right, anyway, Million Dollar Man Razor Ramon. This is Ted's last match. It sadly is. Is it? 
In yeah. the WWE, yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, of I course, because when he comes back in 95, he's a manager, isn't he? 94. 94, sorry. 94, 95. Yeah, there's yeah, a couple of more matches like on some of the companies, like one match maybe in Japan, I think. I think it's the match, one of the matches in all Japan that does his back in finally. Yeah. And then he's got to do, what's that insurance company called? Sorry, Lloyd's, is it? Lloyd's of London. Yeah, he, yeah. he goes and claims on that, I believe. Yeah, which yeah. basically, so did Bret Hart when he had the stroke, didn't he? And uh, it basically means, yes, you get all the money, but you can't be seen in wrestling again because that's fraud. <laughs> <laughs> Although Bret Hart did wrestle oh, to a degree. so I, I Apparently don't know. there was, it was, they, they had to have the arrangement that there was no shots to his head. Okay. And it wasn't going to take any bumps because that's basically, obviously that's with a you know, stroke injury, you know, you can't be seen taking batterings to the head. Hence, yeah. it was basically 25 minutes of him squashing Vince. Yes, <laughs> makes sense. He's wearing a nice white suit, if I remember. I, I like his, his suits are awesome. Like Ted was a great bad guy, and he always looked really good when he came out. He is, and like his swan song being the opening match against Razor Ramon is a little bit sad. Yeah, I think I think it is as well. I I, I can't for that. Well, we'll get into it later, but I can't for the life of me know why this wasn't Money Inc. against the Steiners. It seemed a perfect platform to have Money Inc. against the Steiners, but I can only assume they wanted to. Use maybe Debiosi to help get uh, Ramon over. over. Yeah, but I mean, he gets a big pop when he comes out. I think it's probably the second biggest pop of the night. Um, he's he, uh, he probably is. It's probably uh, is a decent pop. Um, yeah. He also he that that man can rock pink. <laughs> he really can, can't he? Will he's well, a bad he's guy, isn't he? A variety of colours he comes out in. Like it's, uh, I, I like I like the pink and the, the light blue he, he does as well. I think uh, yeah. the black's a bit boring for my liking. A little bit. But would yeah. you would you rather have that or the million dollar suit? Oh, the suit, because, I mean, I like the white suit, the green suit, obviously, and the classic black suit, oh, um, yeah. or the million-dollar suit, I think. Although he wasn't wearing that when we saw him, was he, Cameron? <laughs> no, he wasn't. No, he was not. He was just in a plain sort of um, chinos and T-shirt combo, if I remember rightly. Yeah. What's yeah. the point of that, then? He's, he's the million-dollar man. But he was not there in a capacity of being a million-dollar man. He was he was there in a capacity of being a, a church preacher. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Yeah, have we have we not told you the story about how me and Al snuck into a church to go and see the million dollar? I think he did. Yeah, in the previous shows. Yeah, because like the, the minister that um, married me and Claire is uh, called Sandy. He's got a church in Dumfries, and he invites guest speakers of a Monday night to come and talk about their experiences in Christianity. And one a couple, what, two or three years ago now, there was uh, Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase popped up, and I was like going to go, on, do I? Do, do, yeah, sod it, go on. <laughs> so we did. Um, we snuck in and there was a bit, there was like a youth um, event going on beforehand, which we kind of had to sit through and it was, you know, cracking. All these long, young folk with guitars standing up, singing about how much awesome. they love God, which is fine. Don't have anything against that. But we were kind of in the corner going, oh man, oh man, is he there? And we thought, we got to the point where we thought he was actually in another room and we'd gone in the wrong place. <laughs> but, uh, but no, he appeared after the halfway point and he was, it was genuinely actually interesting to hear his story. And, you know, you didn't have to be kind of, you know, there was a lot of kind of like, we will pray now going on at one stage. But um, hearing his story um, about how he got through wrestling and, you know, uh, discovering God and all this kind of stuff was yeah. quite good, actually, from a purely um, story based point of view. Um, it was quite cool. Yeah. Did he mention this match at all during the... Uh... No, he did not mention this match. Um, I don't think it came up with... Uh, it didn't come up a, a, as a wrestling event in which his wife discovered his infidelity. Oh, okay. Um, what was that? that? I can't even sense. remember which one it was. Was it WrestleMania 9, he said, Al? I can't remember either. It was, like, uh... it was just after WrestleMania 9 when my wife gave me the phone call she had discovered my infidelity. <laughs> 
And it was that just what like, he said? Like, yeah, that's what he said. Did he do the laugh after that? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> that would be a best out of the other. He was like, he was like, going, I felt shame. <laughs> and it was just like, because apparently, apparently, he, he, all the other guys with the drinking, he, he could he could refuse a drink. That was fine. He yeah. never did any drugs. His weakness was the women. Oh dear. He couldn't turn a woman and down, apparently. That's the thing. He was out on the road, and they were like, Ted, we need you to be like the Million Dollar Man. It's kayfabe. Here's loads of money. Go spend it. Pretty much, yeah. And that's apparently what happened. And loads of women latched onto him, and he ended up going to bed with them all. <laughs> Do you think he passed any to Virgil? <laughs> I'm, a bit, I'm a bit tired tonight, Virgil. Take one for the team. That is probably the worst porn ever. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh Jesus! But but we we did get well. We got to meet him at the end anyway, Cam. Didn't we? He was good. He, he had the original million dollar belt. Wow! Yeah, which I've was held it. I've, yes, I've held the million dollar belt. Which a part of it. The, 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 my minister friend Sandy uh, said that partly when he arrived and Sandy picked him up, he actually sat, he he allowed Sandy to hold the million dollar belt, and then one of the plates fell off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Sandy, no. Sandy in a moment of oh no I've broken the million dollar belt and apparently Teddy Bussey just put his hand on his shoulder and went don't worry Sandy it happens all the time <laughs> and he just screwed it back on <laughs> bless him wow but apparently Vince Ted's let him legend. keep it love Ted <laughs> so it was great anyway back to SummerSlam 93 and not me and Al's covert church missions <laughs> <laughs> wait covert church missions yeah more than one yeah well, okay, well, that'll be another podcast. Yeah, that'll the, be another the, podcast. That's another story. The yeah, match, that's a decent match. Ted takes some bumps. They do the old exposed turnbuckle spot. Yeah, he likes that one, Ted. He, he used it. I remember in the Virgil match, he used it, and they're probably in more than that. Yeah, uh, the, the he, match, he's a legal um, bad guy, isn't he? The match came about because he basically laughed at Razor Ramon getting beat off the one 2 free kid. There's a bit of a mention on that <laughs> commentary. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, later on, there's like a, the, the other two people of the tag team's and I get another match, which makes no sense because you thought, why not have them both have the same match at the same time? I, I thought I thought a tag team match would make uh, more sense as well. But uh, there you go. How long uh. had Razor Ramon at this stage been in the WWF? It can't Ooh. be that long because what his first yeah. debut was Survivor Series '92. Yeah, I think I think he did debut just around SummerSlam '92, so I would say about a year. About a year, and already he's a face. Well, it was that. It was him losing to Kid kind of ignited his face. Yeah, too, wasn't yeah. It? Kind of, like weirdly made him a face. And that was what about two, three months into a Raw? It wasn't long into the show, was it? No, it was the first January, big and I think it was May, something like that. Yeah, it, it yeah. was. The, it was the first big kind of oh my god moment on Raw. You need to wasn't watch it? the Raw, don't you? Yeah, it was just yeah. a job. It was just put. He, he'd lost the kid. Had lost like a few matches, and he was just portrayed as a jobber. And mm-hmm. then obviously did the big upset. Not to be yeah. fair, he looks like one. Yeah, he <laughs> would change his name like the Lightning Kid and the Kamikaze Kid. Yeah, and that night he was just called the Kid, and then obviously. I'm sure I remember watching that. I, 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 I caught it on like WWE Superstars or Wrestling Challenge or something. It was shown on Mania on Saturday morning. Yeah, that's the show. Because we never got Raw over here until no. the late 90s. Was yeah, um, and even then it wasn't live. <coughs> no, um, Friday, Friday at 5 o'clock. Yep. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, um, it was on Saturday morning Mania with Todd Pettengill, who will come up Todd later. Todd Pettengill. Well, he, he pops up next, flirting with the Steiner sisters and mother. I'm just going to get a bit of commentary. It would be good if you could insert the line here. It's when Bobby Heenan says something like Ted DiBiase offered him a job as a bin man or something and he turned it down. <laughs> as a domestic. <laughs> Is that what he said? Yes, he said he offered him a job as a domestic. You bet he's regretting turning that one down now. <laughs> you know, McMahon, Razor should have taken the easy way out. DiBiase 
offered him a job as a domestic, and he should have taken that job. You know what a domestic is. But you want to describe what a domestic is first? Well, that's when you first day you come to work, they hand you the toilet brush and the dust mop, and all you do is make sure everything's right in the house. I see. You can't really mess that up. I see. Can you believe that Razor Ramon should have accepted that offer from Ted DiBiase? Well, I didn't realize that the toilet brush and the uh, dust mop was too much for him. Like, yeah, I remember you saying, like, you know, oh, he put, um, Razor hooked the tights when he pinned him as well. Yeah. Oh, I never thought he'd get Ted up in the razor's edge, really? It, it's quite a bad bump. Uh, Backlund refused to take it at WrestleMania 9, apparently. Well, the razor's edge? Yeah, he wouldn't well, take it's it. Kind of, it's like an unprotected fall on the back of your head, isn't it? Yeah. It's not the best of bumps. No, you can't really do anything to control it. It is literally going to batter. But have you noticed how... I think, I'm convinced that when he first started doing it, he went straight down, and then he started like putting one knee down and then dropping them? Yeah. Yeah. This one, I, I was watching out for it, and this one is one knee down, then drop. Yeah, but it's um, not like um, is it like bad luck Farley and New Japan just throws no, them? No, no, he just throws them. Just throws them in the air. But hey, that's New Japan. Concussions <laughs> later, guys. Yeah. Well, that's Ted DiBiase would vouch for that. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, I see. It's, it's the tur- it, it's it's kind of a it's a decent enough opener. It's basically you know um, yeah, the crowd heel up. gets over on face, uh, face attempts to cheat, backfires spectacularly. Face finishing move, one, two, three. I've got the uh, the Meltzer rating for it if you want. Go on. Star and a half. It's all right. It's a bit harsh. Yeah. I, remember, I remember liking it as a kid because... Um, Razor, isn't it? Yeah, I watched this obviously as a as a 12-year-old when it was not live, but, you know, like a couple of days later on tape. And I remember I liked Diviossi as well. And I think, you know, oh, this is it's time for Razor to... He's going to win because everyone's cheering for him now. So I thought he's, he's <laughs> it's nice that... Uh, so DiBiase, he got to be sort of a, a legitimate legend as well on his way to the, the top. Oh yeah, because Ted's, you know, I mean, they brought him in for what uh, WrestleMania four yeah. to be like the top heel of the company, didn't they? After you know, after they kind of Andre couldn't go anymore, they needed that kind of big bad guy at the top, and they thought, like, right, bring Ted in, let's make him bad, and he was really good. He like, he, I don't remember him really having a bad kind of run or match. No, he was he's one of the star, you know the. Yeah, he guys. really kind of he, dropped down the card and he went into the tag team. Money Inc. was still like a really good tag team. Yeah, because he had to do a lot of matches against the Warrior, you know, just after Warrior won the title. Um, yeah. Put a lot of against DiBiase because he could sort of carry the match and make it make it respectable. Yeah. Although nowadays the Warrior is the best worker ever, so there you go. <laughs> oh dear. Um, so yeah, does that, include, does that conclude the first match, I think, doesn't it? It does, yeah. It does first match, matches. enjoyable encounter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the next part is. I hope you're going to lift some of the audio for this, Phil, because <laughs> the next part was comedy called. Do you mean, do you, are you referring to Todd Pettingill flirting with the Steiner mum and sister? Yeah, I will quote Which one of you is the mother and the sister? You both look so great. Yeah. I quite like <laughs> Somewhere in the arena, we've got Todd Pettingill with some of the members of the Steiner family, I believe. Todd, can you hear me? Yes, indeed, Vince McMahon. I am standing by with Mother Steiner and Crystal. Or is it... I can't even tell. You both look so great now. Todd Spettigill seems to be turned into some kind of like Billy Crystal-style Jewish comedian in this sequence. Like His whole delivery is like, What you doing? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, you're um, don't, it's all, it, don't go near my lamps or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. She goes, whatever that yeah, whatever, Todd. It was like, no yeah. Frankenstein is near my lamps. That's the one. <laughs> Now, I just want to ask you real quickly, the mother of the Steiner brothers, it had to be an incredible childhood. Were you always telling them, no Frankensteiners by my good lamps? Right. Whatever you say, sounds good. The, the, it's the moment where um, Mrs. Steiner, bless her heart, 
looks at Todd Pettengill and goes, you know, you know, whatever you say sounds good. She obviously yeah, cannot right. hear a bloody word he's saying over the noise. <laughs> no. I just wants him to go away now. Thank you. Just go away, please. Yeah, because we've got to have the the heavenly body bodies have got to come out. But, I but totally. Whoa, 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 whoa. You missed the part where the sister calls Rick Steiner Rob. <laughs> you missed that? No, we don't. I'm sure she does. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was going to write that down too. There had to be no man you could bring home that would pass no, that inspection. Boy, that's it. They walk in the house, they see Robin's got to go. I'm out of here. Our sister needs to stay home and study. Obviously, it's real name. It's, I mean, it's not <laughs> massive because there's not much difference between Rick and Rob, but you could imagine saying, no, no, his name's Rob. I'm not calling him by his silly name. No. He's born Rob, <laughs> silly I'm calling name. him Rob. Well, what do you think the uh, the sister of Gigolo Jimmy Ray, G- uh, G- whatever his name is? Gigolo Jimmy, Jimmy Del Ray. Gigolo Jimmy. I know. You ever noticed how his daughter Lana sings like a dying horse? <laughs> Carry on. Anyways. I'll leave that there. I do notice, like, um, when the Heavenly Bodies come out, they look like wrestlers used to look like. Yeah, there's, there's, we're on the kind of verge of the WF becoming sort of this, what it is now, this kind of multinational thing. Yeah. And breaking away from the the territories. Yeah. Um, as far as we, you know, on TV is concerned, and the Heavenly Bodies definitely look like a tag team from the territories. Yeah. Well, they are. They are the Smoky Rest yeah. finest, aren't they? Um, apparently. Um... They're better yeah, late at night than David Letterman, apparently. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, I present Mario's the Jim tag Parnett. team that's better late at night than David Letterman. Dr. Tom Pritchard, Gigolo, Jimmy Del Rey, they are the Heavenly Bodies. And here they come, the challengers for the tag team title. Doctor of Desire, Tom Pritchard in. This match came up as an open challenge. The Steiner Brothers had an open challenge to any team. And um, Smoky Mountain Wrestling, that was in a bit of financial trouble, cut a bit of a deal with Vince and got some television time. They even get a match at Survivor Series as well. But So, so there you go, Jim Cornette brings them down. Yeah. Um, I, I must say, though, their music is better than the Steiner's. The Steiner's is terrible. But the Heavenly Bodies music is good. It's probably some great Michigan... Like state anthem yeah. or something, but but like Rick Steiner can't even carry the belt properly. No, it's backwards and like you can see the leather bit at the back. But is that not his whole gimmick though? He was a bit he was like a bulldog. He was like you know it's like when Bubba Ray Dudley used to wear the belt around his neck. That, that was kind of good though because you, you, you could at least you could see the belt itself. And you could just see his eyes and his dome head poking out on the top <laughs> of it as well. <laughs> that was fine. It was great, yeah. And there's also um, a, a pre madness Scott Steiner. I was gonna say you forget how agile Scott Steiner used to be. Yeah. Yep. And when you see like Scott Steiner, nineteen ninety nine, two thousand WCW, you cannot equate that with what you're seeing now, can you? No, the, 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 look the, at it and go two different people huh? completely. I genuinely, when I remember at the time when I first saw this guy, Big Papa Pump, with the muscles and the sunglasses and the chainmail hat thing he had, I genuinely thought it was Rick. Cause yeah, because like, yeah, it looks more like him. Yeah, yeah, he seemed it looked more like him. And I, it took me ages to think, no, that's Scott, that's the guy that used to have the mullet. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> what the, the Frankensteiners hell? And the Steiner lines. Yeah. Um, but a, it's... A little um, dedication to Jim Cornette here. Um, you notice he's wearing a neck brace? Yeah, yes. yeah. That's the actually selling injury he, he got in Smoky Mountain Wrestling yes, or the... a Cape Fame injury. So. <laughs> he, nice. He didn't, he didn't actually mention it on commentary as well. 
Oh, does he? Do, do... Well, Heenan also gives out the Steiner's home address at one point. I got to Detroit early, and I drove by their home, where they were raised. You can go to 18714 Grand River Avenue. That is where the Steiners were raised. Yeah, I, I don't imagine it'll be the real home address at all. Are we going to go? <laughs> Should we put the postcode into Google Maps and see what comes up? <laughs> That's the Steiner's house. Uh, also, Bobby calls um, a centaur a moonsault, and then he calls a normal moonsault a reverse moonsault. It's when, like, um, you don't even see it. Jiggle Jimmy does one off the off the apron onto um, Scott Steiner, just like a centaur off the thing, and Bobby goes, oh, that was a moonsault. No, it's not, Bobby. I've got my notes here as well, that this feels like the wrong way around, that the face team who are in their home state and home city are defending the belt. Surely this would have worked mm. a lot better had the Heavenly Bodies had the belts and well, the Steiners were going to win it. Well, Money Inc. had the belts and they won it on like Raw or something. They, you know, they didn't win it. Would Is have this made because more of like DBS injuries he can't do a tag match? Sure. Well, you thought it would be easier for him to do a tag match because he could spend most of it off the, on the apron, couldn't he? Yeah, tag match, yeah. That was the whole reason they put him on, in Money Inc., wasn't it? Because he was he, he yeah. was had all these nuclear injuries. If he had a tag match, he could just sort of work half the time, kind of thing. But never mind. But uh, at one point in the match, obviously, um, the <laughs> yes. um, Heenan scoring system gives the Heavenly Body yes. 1,112 <laughs> to the Steiner Brothers 9. The Heavenly Bodies coming very, very close. Now you feel unquestionably the momentum of the match upshift back in favour of the Heavenly Bodies. Well, it's gone that way since the beginning, back and forth. But I'm going to have to give the edge to the Heavenly Bodies just on points. My point system puts them 1,112 to 9. What kind of a point system is that? My point system. I did write down Bobby's point system of legend. Yeah. Bobby Heenan is good, really? isn't he? I mean, fair, I mean, you know, it's not, I don't think he's vintage, Bobby. It's not up to the level of WrestleMania 7. Sorry, 8. Sorry. But no. he's still good, though, isn't he? I, I think he's sort of getting a bit sick, yeah. isn't he? I think he's, you know, I think it's, he feels yeah. his time's just about done. Listen to the anyway. But the match is all right. It's good. You know, the, the Heavenly Bodies are quite good. They're quite good heel tag team. Yeah. Scott Steiner could always do a really good suplex. Well, if you want to see him do belly-to-belly suplexes, watch his match against awesome. Triple H at Royal Rumble 2003. That's the only move he does in the match, pretty much. Well, <laughs> hey, Lesnar does Germans and no one can. Yeah, no. <laughs> Lesnar gets cheered and Steiner got ripped to shreds. Steiner's like, oh, no, he just, he just knows how to do belly-to-belly, that's it. Welcome to Suplex City, bitch. As a but... kid, I, re- I remember not particularly liking the match in the sense of the result to me was so obvious. Obviously, I believed in it when I was twelve, but you know, it was it was so obvious that that these other team couldn't beat them. Um, yeah. So I thought I thought that hurt the match a bit, but as a spectacle, it is quite a good match. Oh, it's quite good. And we get a Frankensteiner for a finisher because it used to be a finisher. Remember? It <laughs> was, yeah. Uh, I put there was it Del Rey clobbers Tom Pritchard with a moonsault after Scott Steiner shoves Rick out of the way. Yeah, uh, Frankensteiner Del Rey. Both Steiners pin Del Rey. I think Scott celebrated, and Rick goes pin him. And this kind of jumps in. Yeah, but the referee, the referee just ignores it. And then Scott's it. like, I don't know what to do now because I was supposed to be pinning him. Oh, I'll just celebrate. Yeah. Hey. The tennis racket comes in at one point, doesn't it? I think there's a t- kicks out of the tennis racket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, yeah. Cornette throws the racket in which Tom Pritchard uses to smash Rick Steiner. It only gets two. I feel I should know this answer, but do, do any of you know why Cornette's got the tennis racket? Oh, God, he explained it in a... I, I don't know. I just because it was a good heel weapon. Can't can't we'll, we'll look at him for next for next. Uh, there was someone... Oh, I was try, there was a reason he said why he chose the tennis racket. I think it's because someone who he admired had like a badminton racket or something like that. 
But he didn't want to have exactly the same. Yeah. So he had a tennis racket instead, and I can't remember the guy's name. But I think it's always good for a heel to have some kind of foreign object in, in, in with him. Oh, yeah, the yeah, ring. yeah. Well, it works. Mr. Fuji's cane and such like. Fuji's, uh, or the salt bucket, as we're going to see yeah, later on. Yeah. Or Tyler Breeze's selfie stick. That's bad Tyler, to use at some Tyler point. Breeze's selfie stick is definitely top of that list at the moment because it's brilliant. But now we need to go to, to Joe Fowler. Do we know who Joe Fowler is? Um, I have absolutely no idea who Joe Fowler is. So they mentioned he's from the Screaming Minnesota somethings or other. Yeah, there's obviously someone they've plucked off some college football yeah. radio or something like that. I thought I'll do. Google him and see where he is. I, I did like Joe Fowler Wikipedia. Yeah. And I got back um, a retired American general. Oh. Not him. Not him. Um, I did a bit more Googling and apparently he's doing some kind of QBC show or something. I can see that. Yeah, so that's where he is now. To be honest, he's not bad. Standing by now, ladies and gentlemen, joining our podcast family, here for the very first time, you perhaps have seen him as a sportscaster for the fighting Minnesota Screaming Eagles while standing by right now, he's with the WWF. Yes, Joe Fowler. How lucky am I? My very first assignment is SummerSlam. This is bigger than life. Thank you, Vince McMahon, for bringing me on board. We've just seen a title match. We're about to see another one. Shawn Michaels has the Intercontinental belt. He's going to take on Mr. Perfect. Shawn is here along with his bodyguard, Diesel. Shawn, you've won it. You've lost it. You've won it. Can you hang on to this thing? He's no Sean Mooney. He's no Sean Mooney, but I don't spend the entire pay-per-view dreading his appearances and wanting to punch him. So would you rate him above Todd Pettengill, then? Yes. <laughs> Straight away. Todd Pettengill is immensely retained. I never, I never found Todd Pettengill that annoying when I was a kid. Yeah. But watching some of these pay-per-views back, like the ones I'm watching for the Conquistadors blog. Yeah. He's all he's amazingly retained. <laughs> that would have been like prime Pettengill, wouldn't it? I suppose because he was doing the uh, he was he he did the main show, didn't he? The kind of Saturday stuff. The, the he did Saturday morning media, yeah, yeah. stuff. Right. But yeah. So Joe Fowler comes on interviewing. Mullet Michaels in all is of his not, glory. Is it Fowler or is it Fowler? I don't know. I've got Fowler. I've, I've got F-A-L-L-E-R. I thought it was Fowler isn't Robbie is what I thought. No, I think it's, I think it actually comes up in a caption at one stage. Yeah. You remember right? I might be making it up. Who knows? But Shawn Michaels with his mullet still? Glorious. Shawn Michaels with the glorious mullet and the crap sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, but uh, Shawn versus Perfect. I had this match on Royal Rumble on Super Nintendo once. It was an absolute classic. <laughs> this one, Perfect as good as he is. He's not quite on his game in this one, is he, I don't think. I've put that they both seem a bit disjointed. <laughs> yeah, Michael seems a bit doughy, doesn't he? I think, I think there was yeah. a bit of heat backstage between them, so... I don't know if that sort of had anything there's one to do bit with early, that. There's one bit early on where they completely mess up what I think was supposed to be a crucifix pinned by Shawn Michaels. And mm. like Shawn comes off the ropes, kind of flips himself round Perfect's shoulders, goes kind of horizontal with him, but can't grip on, and Perfect moves, so Shawn basically just lands flat on his back. <laughs> I, I think he was, it was a bit of... Um, at the time, Michaels wasn't quite to the standard that he would become, and I think Perfect had a bit of a... I don't know some altercation with him, so I think this was a bit of perfect trying to show him up a bit. Yeah. Um. For for you know hold for hold at the start of the match. I, I love that because there's a moment where like Sean's really angry and then like Mr. Pope does like a little jog, and that's just like oh that's great. Like because perfect's great at those little kind of things. Like when he gets into the ring, I'm sure he throws his chewing gum at Bobby Heenan. Uh, I think he does. I. What happened, Bobby? I got hit in the eye with something. What happened? I don't 
you know, it's just those kind of little things that Perfect does. Like we yeah. talked about him at the um, the King of the Ring one, where like he was kind of being more of a heel. Yes. And it's just those little nuances. Even when he's like yeah. in this match, he's not on top of his game. It's those little nuances where he can just like take it to another level. Yeah. What else was I going to say? Sean works the back quite successfully. Yeah. I think I think Mr. Perfect's having proper back issues at this time. Yeah. As well, they, they, he... they, they, they they kind of allude to that. So yeah. obviously Sean puts a lot of pressure on his back. <laughs> Had he retired? Because after the SummerSlam '91 match. Yeah. Hard. This is easy. And then he came back at Survivor Series '92. And he would sadly have to retire again before Survivor Series 93. Yeah. But then he would come back for WCW in 96, 97, something like that. Right, yeah. He's been WCW for a long time. There's some good bits in this, you know. There's, he takes a brutal super kicks on the outside. It sounds really nasty. Oh, oh unbelievable. I had to break his jaw. Like that. And, uh, that, that. That I quite like because I think they're outside and you hear Bobby Heen on the, on the commentary. Here, Sean, use the monitor. Put that boost to him, Sean. Here, use the monitor. Hey, what, what? Stay out of this. But yes, Bobby, yes. Yes. You can kind of tell that Sean Michaels is getting this kind of his blase attitude early on because at one point, perfect clotheslines him and I'm pretty sure that Sean flips around about 720 degrees in the air before landing <laughs> in that kind of over-elaborate way that he totally did to Hulk Hogan in that SummerSlam match. Gets the big boot and like just a backflip. Yeah, pretty much. And it yeah. just looks completely ridiculous and breaks yeah. any kind of feeling you have. <laughs> you know, any kind of suspension of disbelief just breaks. Yeah. Right there and then. Well, um, I'll also, you know, speaking of that, the kind of, we get a dodgy count-out finish. Well, the first, no, the, well, yes, the first of the evening, but not the last, I should say, not the last. Yeah, it seems a bit weird to have one this early on the card. Yeah, because Diesel, Diesel interferes, doesn't he? Yeah. Does he, does he put him in the ring post? Uh, no, it's no, it's um, he perfect. Does the perfect plex? Um, oh, he grabs his leg, doesn't he? Diesel grabs his leg and pulls him out, and then batters him basically, and then Michaels wins by count-out. Yeah. And we get uh, Todd Pettengill runs down for the interview. Yeah, in the middle of the aisle. He runs a lot down the aisle to interview Sean coming up the other way. Yeah, what he's... the hell? <laughs> he's got to speak to the uh, to the undisputed Intercontinental Champion. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I think they but... were a bit, a bit disappointed with the match. I think they hoped it would reach you know sort of many stars, but it was a bit of a flop, really, from yeah, a wrestling standpoint. Greatest one. Three stars according to Meltzer. This one. Oh, I think it's less than that. I must say, yeah. I two of think... the best, two of the best technical wrestlers. I think you, I think people were hoping for more from it. Maybe not in 1993, though. I'd say. No, I think yeah, the problem is Michael's the match you've got. No, it's... Michael's just got match of the year with his match with Marty Jannetty on Raw. Mm, I suppose. I yeah. think the problem is you've got like it's sure Michael's a year too early, um, perfect a year too late. Maybe yeah, they kind of pass each other that way because you you, yeah. uh, you forget that this is Shawn Michaels before the first match that defined Shawn Michaels. Which I would argue was the WrestleMania 10 ladder match. match. Yeah. That was the first match you watched Shawn Michaels kind of going, yeah, the guy's got it. Yeah, he's that good. Because yeah. there, there is a decent match between the two of them, but I've been, look, I don't think it's on the network, which the search option on the network is just abysmal. It is. But um, <laughs> there's a match in 91 where Shawn Michaels is part of the Rockers and it's like reversed because he's the face and perfects the heel. And it's is just that on like the pay per view, is it then? Or is that on no, the... it's just it's on superstars or something like that. Yeah, 
and it's just like a throwaway match, but it, it's 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 really good athletically and all the rest of it. And the, the spots to do is pretty pretty impressive, but hmm. couldn't replicate anywhere near that for that one. No, no. no. So we go back to see to Joe Fowler again. Yeah, and I, I've got to say the one two three kid, he's so charismatic on the stick at the moment. This is my first pay per view. One two three kid, this is your first pay per view. I admit I'm a little nervous. What about you? Oh God, Joe, I know it's your first pay per view, but. For me, I'm getting in there with the IRS. He's one of the top wrestlers in the World Wrestling Federation today. And, you know, the butterflies are coming on my stomach, you know. I know I'm real excited to be out there, but and this is a chance of a lifetime for me. But, God, I'm just so nervous I can't even talk. Have you ever had any other wrestler on earth do a promo before a match, which is basically can be, like, amounted to, I'm fucking shitting it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I it's understand. He's like, just like, yeah, I'm really nervous, and I'm all like this, and I don't know, and I'm just gonna try, and it's it sounds awful. Yeah, because <laughs> like I understand this, like, right, you're you're an underdog. It's your first pay per view. You know, you've got to be kind of undersell it to a certain extent. Yeah, but Jesus God, you can see why they didn't want to push him. It was well, they obviously have pushed him because they gave him a win against Razor Ramon. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think, I think they pushed him there. Him, they've lumbered him with the character of being kind of like, oh, I'm really yeah. scared. Oh. But they, I think they did that, and they didn't really know what to do with him afterwards. I, I think he beat Ted DiBiase going into this. I think um, Rizzo Ramon did the distraction, and he's, he's got a win over Ted DiBiase as well yeah. coming into the match. Hence. It was still really early then into his career, because he would he he turns heel later, doesn't he? Was it? Oh, he turns heel much. He joins the million dollar. Ninety five. Yeah, didn't we do that in that Survivor series where he comes out? Yeah, Survivor series ninety five. He does yeah. it. He does it like the Monday night beforehand. He's a special guest referee and he turns yeah. against Ramon. And that's just before he goes to WW, isn't it? We could be he goes across during the uh, NWO or before he comes uh, back for yeah, DM. ninety six. Yeah, so it's not like he's still early in his career, but Jesus God, it doesn't. It's lucky he was so good in the ring. I tell you, because yeah. He, because you, yeah, you, you look at that and you kind of think, how did that become X-Pac? Makes no sense. In the same way that how did Scott Steiner become Big Scott Steiner? Punk, Scott Steiner. <laughs> you look at that going, how did that scrawny beanpole kind of kid become X-Pac? I would assume drugs. Possibly. Both recreational and otherwise. And otherwise. Yes. And uh, his time in China. Yes. <laughs> <sighs> I went there. I IRS. So so did he, right. Back, yeah. to, back to the match. I like IRS. Yeah, nice. All right. I, I mean, who can't hate a tax man, you know? It's a heel gimmick. It's a good gimmick, isn't it? I like the really basic... Um, he doesn't even get an entrance, does he? No, he's not. He just does his... It's like, okay, ge- generic city. Ah, you haven't You're paid your taxes today. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Detroit used to be known as the Motor City. Now it's known as the Tax Cheat City. Erwin R. Scheister, ladies and gentlemen. But like he's a, he, he's a good heel because he does the old um, abdominal stretch bit where he's grabbing onto the ropes. Mm-hmm. He's a good technical wrestler. He's just you know he's just a good mechanic on the on the on the roster. It's just a shame that he's kind of gets lumbered with that. Well, it worked with with Ted DiBiase, but by himself it kind of makes no sense. It never changed though, did it? No, they evolved. He never, never, he, never he never evolved, apart from when he was in WCW for the nineteen ninety five uh, World War Three. Yeah, um, <laughs> but he's um, 
Yeah, one thing I noticed, I've just thought about it actually. Uh, at no point during this match does the one, two, three kid grab his tie and start punching him. Well, well, everyone does that. Isn't it? Not the one, two, three kid. <laughs> it's a rookie he's, mistake. Obviously, he's not seasoned enough. You see, he's too nervous. <laughs> too nervous. Uh, there's a bit. Uh, speaking of nervous, where like Bobby Heenan waffles on for about a minute about nothing. Well, I think he shines more. Uh, his ability to think for himself, where he doesn't have to rely on a partner, could be the advantage of of Mr. Uh, IRS. But I would have to say, just by watching him in the way I've been watching him, the way he's in the ring right now, I'd have to say that yes, the kid's in trouble. Uh, could you care to repeat that, please? Well, no. I say. Is it the one? It's not. I don't know if it's this pay-per-view. Is it the one where he goes? I can't believe the kid made it this pay-per-view. It's half past seven. It's way past his bedtime. <laughs> yeah. oh, no, 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 that's not you. When he's coming down the aisle, Bobby Heenan says something along the lines of, "This is a first for the one, two, three kid." And Vince goes, "Yeah, this is his first pay-per-view for the young man." It's like, and then Bobby Heenan goes, "No, no, no, it's his first night up after eight o'clock." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then they have IRS kick out of the moonsault. They do. Yes, I've put down here. IRS kicks out of the moonsault. Um, Which seems IRS a bit lines kid to win even though um, the kid kicks out at three yeah. the write off he kicks he kicks out about oh, that's a write off oh, he, um, he kicks out at 2.9 uh, but the, he, he still count it he so kicks out with that at the last second but but is it worth the uh, the clothesline bit just to get the brain scan is uh, it the 10.44 or something is that right yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's some obscure American tax joke that no one else in the world's going to get what he does is his arms extended here, uh-huh. his body's here, which makes a four. He lands, wait a minute, that's a 1040 form. <laughs> he just rolled him off. <laughs> I see. And it's like, it, it, and the brain scan takes about two minutes to actually appear on screen. <laughs> yeah. And it, so at the one point, Heenan has to go, yeah, the brain scan's uh, it's a little, working a little slow tonight, but. Uh, <laughs> But anyway, it's it's a filler match, isn't it? It's nothing Pretty or anything. It's just but, filler, and it's it, essentially the kid gets demolished. <laughs> you thought they'd have put him up with IRS though, but I guess IRS is now coming out of the tag team, and they kind of want to build him up a bit more. I don't yeah, know. It, it, it's maybe. the next in line for the Intercontinental title. Yeah. Well, well once once Ramon wins it, anyway. Yeah, but we yeah. got but um, we're on to the beige twins. Oh God, <laughs> the beige mullets. And mullets like the same colour as their shirts. It's impressive. Yeah, it's just weird. It's like, what so What do they dress like in Canada? Not that, like that, obviously. With obviously. cowboy boots. <laughs> but anyway, uh, wasn't it Brett that once said that Bruce was a better wrestler than Owen, or am I dreaming that? Sure he did. I'm standing by with Bruce and Owen Hart. Stu and Helen Hart were supposed to be in attendance tonight. Bruce, where are they? My dad just got out of hospital. He had major reconstructive knee surgery uh, after an accident that happened down here a couple of weeks ago uh, involving that idiot Jerry Lawler. He once said, oh, you know, people think Owen's really good, but Bruce was actually better than him. Well, Bruce was a, an arse from what I hear some of the stories. <laughs> yeah, so, oh well. <laughs> oh well. I'll, I'll quickly tell you a Bruce story just very quickly. Go on. Oh, do you remember, God. Do you remember, um, a I'm sure we'll get to Canadian Stampede. Yes, I want to do Canadian Stampede at one stage, definitely. Well, there was a rumor um, that, that Brett, you know, had the Hart Foundation of Brian Pillman and Bulldog and all the rest yeah. of them. He wanted Bruce to come in and maybe compete for the cruiserweight title that was just coming up. Mm-hmm. So he was pitching the idea at the Vince that uh, that's that, that's what he wants to do. So anyway, during the match at the end when the pinfall happens and all the Hart Foundation and the family, I think, all run in the ring. The idiot apparently punches Austin in the kidneys as hard as he can for like no reason. Uh, uh, and then Vince is like, nope, he's not working here. <laughs> 
So way I to mean, go. Brett, Brett says he's broke. He doesn't know why. I don't know why he did it. But yeah, I, mean, I don't think Austin was too pleased with this. On, Bruce. It's another chapter in Bret Hart's book that can be summarised with my brother's a bit of an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because anyway. it's Bret Hart versus Jerry Lawler, isn't it? For the undisputed kingship. Yeah. Bret takes ages coming through the curtain to the point where I think the crowd actually think he's, it's some kind of ruse and he's not coming. But that's fine, though, because we're listening to the, be- the best Bret Hart music. But then, and also during the whole period, you get Bobby Heenan just slagging the hearts as much as possible. <laughs> just it is quite funny, yeah. Tearing chunks out of them. Yep. Which is great. And then you get Bob, Jerry Lawler comes out on crutches and then proceeds to tear more chunks out of them. Yep. Because he's. What is it? What is the story that Jerry Lawler. Once Todd Pettengill once again rushes down the aisle goes, Jerry Lawler. What is going on? As if is he's like a, a teacher or something. Was it a twenty a twenty car pilot? It, well, it, it starts off as fifteen when Lawler <laughs> says it. Then he didn't says it was eighteen, <laughs> and then when Lawler up. says it again, it's gone to twenty. Must have been Helen Hart. This is the biggest ripoff I've seen in a long time. I didn't hear about any accident. I was there. I saw it. You're I'll so tell you in a moment. I'll tell you the whole story in a moment. You want to hear about Jerry Lawler? You want me to tell you what happened? He pulled off Interstate 75. There was a, a fiery wreck by 18, 19 cars. He crawled out of the wreckage, made it to a school bus, for 45 kids. Hey, what? And he's here. He made it here. And bought him hamburgers before he went to the match. What a man Terry Lawler is. Most wrestlers could, you know, especially on the roster, the main WWE wrestler could, could do with watching this and just seeing how, how like a proper heel works. Like, Lawler's face coming down the ramp, with that kind of concerned look on his face. Yeah. Trying to get sympathy from the crowd is just fantastic. Yeah. And then like the whole promo, where he's just, like simultaneously slice off the hearts, Detroit, the people in the audience, people at home, everybody in one go. He's going about Lawler blames his Detroit made car for the accident because there was no brakes. Yeah, nothing works because it's made in Detroit. Yep. Old lady came out, she comes from Detroit. Blue hair rubbish. or something, don't you? I'm sure you mentioned yep. blue hair at one point. Yeah. This is brilliant. It's like like he or Jerry Lawler is fantastic. And right here he just kind of shows like all of his like how good his work is as a heel. It'd be better though <laughs> I'd Right, watching the whole, having done the uh, plug in the conquistadors thing, I'm doing as well with a blog. With a yeah, what well, I've just finished watching um, his whole matches with well, his match with Jay the Snake with the whole alcoholism thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's sometimes a bit of a pain in the arse, and the Mark Henry match at Mind Games as well. Yeah, and you just kind of wish that you know Jerry Lawler would just fucking wrestle. <laughs> they'll put them in there against proper people there. I mean, they put them in there against Warrior and Mark Henry like you say it's like these are massive guys he's not really going to have any sort of match against them yeah, but other it's, than cheating 
Yeah, but, yeah, the fact's fine. Cheat, that's fine. But actually wrestle? <laughs> no, yeah. he just Don't wanders around shenanigans and at the start. Yeah. It's just like, uh, you know, as soon as you see Jay Lawler on a card about this time, of the, this time in the 90s, you were like kind of going, oh, jeez, it's just going to be bloody, you know, funny. But isn't it, isn't it worth it to get out the substitute wrestler of Heel Doink? Heel yeah. Doink was cool. It's Court Jester. It's Court Jester. Evil Doink has got the freakiest music. And then, you know, you think, oh, he's evil. Then he throws a bucket of water on Bruce Hart and you think, you know what? He's all right. I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what? That's all right. We can live with that. <laughs> he's the right guy, him. He yeah. gets him properly that water, doesn't he? He probably kills him. He does. He's like, Bruce Hart like seems genuinely angry. Next time I get in that ring, I'm going to hit whichever wrestler I see next. That's, where, that's how angry he was. Four <laughs> yeah. oh, years later, here you go. Here's Stone Cold. That's for Doink. Bang. Um, I've put down here, the bell rings, and then Bruce punches Doink in full view of the ref. No DQ. <laughs> yeah, this it, match. I think we, it's, um, was it Bill Alfonso from WC? Yeah, just w- about to say, yeah. Al, I was like going to go, does anyone know who the referee was for this match? <laughs> it is Bill Alfonso, the manager of Sabu and RVD in ECW today. This match is like, the way this one goes, because is it an ODQ match? I'm not sure if they would kind of say it or not. No, they never say it. No, it's not supposed to be, I don't think. Yeah, be. because I think at one point, you know, spoilers, Jerry Lawler's not really injured. And really? He whacks, and like, you know, he, he whacks um, Bret Hart with the, with, the, uh, with the crutch, like properly hits him a few times with it in full view of the ref. It's when um, Bret Hart's got the sharpshooter locked in. Yeah. After Doink puts on the um, stump puller. What sort of submission move is a stump puller? Well, yeah, he's got his legs over the like over either Brett's shoulders, and then yeah, pulls his that's, leg that's, up. That's his yeah. finisher yeah. of the stump puller, that one. Yeah, mm, that's okay. But then, like, he he tries to sneak in a bit of the crutch into the ring, and he's like telling the crowd to shush. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Like, yeah. But you hit him in full view of the crowd just now. You know what this match feels like? Go on. This feels like an attitude era match. You know, with all these kind of all these shenanigans going on and run-ins, and there's about 15 refs hanging around at one point, and the people are trying to get everybody out of the ring and stuff. It feels like, you know, if you swapped um, Jerry Lawler for Vince McMahon and Bret Hart for Steve Austin, I suppose. Yeah, I know what you mean. There's, <laughs> Don't the clown for somebody. Yeah, more, for somebody. There's more story going on than actual wrestling. Yeah, this is right. sh- uh, shenanigans, is what I wrote down. Yeah, yeah, I've watched shenanigans as well. There's all these shenanigans um, going on, so it's like you know, it, it feels like you know. You'd be watching this like three years later on Raw or something. Yeah. But it's, it's entertaining in its own way. Jack Tunney comes out next, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, he does. He does. Um, and forces Lola to wrestle. Otherwise, he will be banned for life. Nothing. Go talk to your two ugly brothers. Wait, 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 wait. There's Jack Tunney, president of the WWF. Jack Tunney is having a conversation with the ring announcer, Howard Finkel. We're going to get some instruction here. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? I have just been told by World Wrestling Federation President Jack Tunney that if Jerry the King Lawler does not come back into the ring to wrestle Bret Hart, he will be Which is a bit harsh. It's a bit harsh. <laughs> well, no, no. He, he, he's been calling Brett all these names and all his family. He needs to get in that ring and get his come up and not coward, coward out with his, his fake leg injury. 
Yeah. No. Also, I didn't get as well. There's at one point where like Laura's basically just smashing Bret Hart with the with the crutch, and the refs are trying to stop Owen and Bruce from getting into the ring. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, they, why they are you stopping them? Bruce Hart does. Yeah. They, they, yeah. Bruce got Bruce has got a reputation for. Yeah, yeah that's that. true. That's, that's true. Uh, <laughs> That's kidney puncher Bruce Hart over there. <laughs> Don't let Sorry. him anywhere near this. <laughs> Never mind the fact that Jerry Lawler is pounding this guy with a metal crutch. Stop him yeah. getting in the ring immediately, please. You get the whole thing of Brett not letting go of the sharpshooter, basically. But it's on there for a long time, isn't it? It, it feels like three weeks. I've got a story yeah. about it. Oh, <laughs> oh God. is this from Bret Hart's book? It's from Bret Hart's book. Apparently, yeah, at the King of the Ring, you know when he, he won and then Jerry Lawler hit him with the scepter or the throne or whatever afterwards? Yeah. He yeah. felt that Jerry did unnecessary force. So this was Bret Hart's payback by quite unprofessionally, keeping them in the sharpshooter and applying the hold quite hard, quite stiffly. And uh, the majority of pain on Jerry Lawler's face is real. Oh, nice. Right, okay. Yeah. Is that why they, they do the double the the double straps down bit where they both take their straps down? Because the, the 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 heat between them is so great it cannot be contained by straps. No, it needs to be it needs to be naked from the waist up. Exactly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's how all good men fight. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a weird one because you got like the first half of the match with Doink because Matt Bourne Doink was actually really good. It was a, yeah. That's what people forget for all the ridiculously stupid gimmick it was. Matt Bourne was a really... He did it so well as like a heel doink. Like he even sticks on an STF at one point, doesn't he? Towards the end of the match. His, his yeah, bit of the match, sorry. He applies it better than Cena does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get like, you know, the, the kind of crazy Jerry Lawler hitting people with stuff, but it's not a no DQ match. But it's... I don't know what it is. And then you get them bonkers finish on like a kind of a... Almost like a dusty finish with Bret Hart being disqualified. For yeah, not releasing the hold, yeah. For not releasing the hold, which I and then you get the kind of the great points. image of Jay Lawler being stretched out, his arm aloft. Yeah, he just puts Wait. it up before he goes through the curtain, doesn't he? Like, yeah, Bruce, the winner. Bruce still attacks him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> going for the that kidneys. Bruce Hart, eh? Yeah, that that damn kid- Bruce Hart. Kidney puncher, Bruce Hart. <laughs> it's a, it's oh, a yeah. weird match, that one. It's just weird. It's, it's a weird match. It goes on. It's one of those ones that goes on forever and doesn't really get a lot done. Well, it's it's a, yeah, not like you know the anti hero matches. It's supposed to go on longer, but um, Jerry Lawler gets done for some made up rape charge. So he um, like it's supposed to go on to the Survivor Series, but um, they can't. But the the charges all drop because they found out it's all made up. And is then that why? Because I, I started watching Survivor Series ninety three, and yeah. by that point he like heart feeding with um, Shawn Michaels. Yeah, that's why Shawn, it makes no sense to me that when I watched it that Shawn Michaels had knights. I thought, I don't see the connection, but it was supposed to be Jerry Lawler with his knights. There you go. what was supposed to be in the match. And, and we've got to wait another, this feud rumbles on until about 95. Um, yeah, it does, yeah. The kiss my foot kiss match. Kiss my yeah. foot match at King of the Ring. Yeah, but the good thing to come out of it is you get the Owen Hart heel turn, don't you? Because it's that Survivor Series yes, that Owen's yes, the only yeah, one that gets eliminated. Yeah, Survivor Series is when it starts, yeah. There's no yeah. more Barry Harwood fighting for him. No. Nope. No, because no, I, I, I totally forgot. When you got Owen kind of going, yeah, my brother's going to beat Jerry Lawler to a pulp. You're kind of thinking, give it a year. <laughs> give it a year, mate. <laughs> see what happens. And then we'll see. We'll see. But we've got more important things to talk about next. Oh, are we on to the, the best wrestler ever, no? Ludwig Borger promo. Yeah. Oh, it is actually, to be fair to him, genuinely good. Ludwig Borger earlier today had some rather salient comments as it relates to America and Detroit. 
I'm gonna show you all exactly where Lex Luger is gonna try to win the World Wrestling Federation Championship. Right here in the middle of the American dream. Well, keep on dreaming, Lex Luger, because if this is what you stand up for, is this is what you're proud of, these crumbling buildings, this filth, this pollution. And I bet the Lex Express never stopped here on its way to SummerSlam. So Lex Luger, look at this. This building is crumbling like America is crumbling because you American high school dropouts are signing this country away welfare check by welfare check. And you people call this the land of opportunities? Well, I'm gonna take my opportunity to show all you so-called American wrestlers and Marty Janetti tonight at SummerSlam what Ludwig Borger is all about. He's good. Do you want a Ludwig Borger fact? Go on. I've got one, but it might be the same fact. You go first. I'll go first. He was in Die Hard 3. That was my fact. Hey! <laughs> yeah, Die With a Vengeance. Ludwig Borger shows up as one of the uh, terrorists described as a policeman. He is. That the, takes the... the suitcase bomb off Samuel L. Jackson in Wall Street. That's the best. The best. That's the best shot to see him in when they, then Samuel L. Jackson hands the briefcase over to the guy. He's in the. It's a good shot of him in the background there. Yeah. I don't think he actually got a speaking line in the whole thing. No, he but, does uh, because he leaves it on the paper. Is he the one who's, who's going to go put in the boot and he goes, "Some kid might find it." No. Yeah, he like he says, oh, he's like, "I'm not going in the car with that," and the guy says, "But some kids." <laughs> so oh. I think that that part there was probably better than his match with Marty Jannetty. <laughs> sadly, he's passed away, Ludwig Borger. He has. He's no longer with us. Yeah. Sadly. Um, do you not think the Ludwig Borger is basically Rusev <laughs> 22 years early? A little bit. It's the same but, um, idea. I read a quote from when um, uh, when, when uh, Ludwig Borger died. Jim Ross kind of came up and said, yeah, he's a bit of a prick. I said, whoa, <laughs> he must have been a bit of a prick. <laughs> whoa. Um, yeah, Ginetti gets no offence at all. Um, As it should be. They get killed. There's rumours he upset someone backstage to uh, to basically get annihilated. Wouldn't surprise me. He's just won the Intercontinental title. Him and Michaels had some brilliant matches and he lost it back to Michaels. And then he's for some reason getting absolutely steamrolled. Was that because he was on his booze again? It could be. I mean, he, that guy's been sacked more times than any other wrestler, I think. No, yeah, Libby Bogan was good. I liked him. Does the, the, did, do, did we, do we know the story that... Um... I think it was the Iron Sheik tells it about Jeanette and Michaels trying to hide girls in the hotel rooms. As if. Well, the sexy boy would do that, would he? Yeah, yeah. Well, apparently they had this whole th- thing of like, they, they were all sitting in a hotel after a show and Vince was apparently walking around the bit trying to basically check on behaviour and all this kind of jazz. Jeanette and Michaels had got like, you know, <clears throat> four lassies taking them back to the hotel room, but they have to stash them somewhere. And basically, say, oh, just wait here just for now. And then, you know, I had to basically go up to their room and it was, oh, no, we're just, we're behaving here, Vince. It's all okay. Vince goes away and then they can basically go downstairs, pick up the lassies and then, uh, you know, doing the dirties kind of thing. But um, <laughs> Aaron Sheik apparently ended up giving them loads of cocaine. 
<laughs> while they were hiding in the room. Just saying, here, girl, take these, these, And they ended up basically getting absolutely shot off their faces on coke by the time oh Sean and Marty actually got to them. So there was no love action that night because they were totally off their tits. Wow. <laughs> I think she's crazy. And he was there kind of going, ah, what do you do? What do you do? I, I, I give them the drugs. I look after them. I look after them for you. You say, look after them. I give them drugs. <laughs> I think it was Mario Gennetti told this story on some podcast that I was listening to and he's like kind of going, no, we didn't mean that. Look after them. <laughs> but what do you say, Marty? Why you say, Marty? Why? She's, I'm sure there's some story... I'm... Short as Roddy Piper had said he's gonna, he was crossing the Canadian border with um, the Iron Sheik and it turned out he had loads of drugs in his pocket. That's <laughs> <laughs> and stuff. Nice. <laughs> oh boy. But we, we need to talk about now the greatest match on the card. Possibly the greatest match of the year. Possibly the greatest match of all time. Possibly the greatest feud of all time. One question before that. Yeah. What was the equivalent WCW event this month in this time? Oh. Ooh, nice. three. Um... Or, or roundabout Survivor Series, rather. Because there's a, there's a bit, they, they plug Survivor Series. And Vince looks straight into the camera and says, don't be fooled by any other event that comes close to Survivor Series. There's no doubt Bobby Heenan, we all are enjoying SummerSlam. We do invite you to join us Thanksgiving Eve for the Thanksgiving pay-per-view tradition here in the WWF Survivor Series. It's not Thanksgiving night, right? It's Thanksgiving Eve. Eve. The hottest pay-per-view going. And don't be fooled, ladies and gentlemen, by anything that comes close to the Survivor Series. There is nothing coming close to it. And this year we return to Tag Team Elimination Competition. Well, Starcade used to be wrong that time. Yeah, I was thinking, what the hell are WCW doing at that time? Because that, that oh, it's obviously a WCW pop in disguise. They've got nothing in November at all. No, they're not. Is it's, it Starcade's uh, December now? Halloween Havoc in October, then uh, Starcade in December. Hmm, weird. I thought they would have something. But they actually make a point of saying it's got proper um, Survivor Series matches, don't they? They make a point of saying that. Yeah, for... it's, it's, it's Survivor Series Elimination Tag. Yeah. Not like last year's 92, which was full of coffin matches and nightstick matches and, and <laughs> yeah. whatever else. Um, yeah. Just a little bit, quick, quick note on Mr. Borger before we move on. Okay. Um, I found it bizarre. I, I, was Luke using the rack interview at this time? Because obviously uh, Borger... Oh yeah, he's got, he's a, I think he... Uh, Luke was using the elbow as the finisher. No, he's, he's still using the forearm, the running forearm, isn't he? Because he would use the rack eventually in WWE. He would, yeah. Borger lasted like he, he was gone by the next year, wasn't he? Because he did it, he had like an ankle injury and he was, he was gone by January. Yeah, so he, he you know, it's a, it's a brief little run in the company. Yeah, he's, he's out again. So obviously they were building up to a, a Borger Luger feud at one point. There's even rumours that could have been the main event for WrestleMania 10, which would have been brilliant. Eh? Um, well, there's the, there's, there's the, we'll get to right to the end, right at the end of the pay-per-view or the broadcast to, uh, after yeah, yeah. the title match. I'll tell you what should have been the, the main event of WrestleMania 10 is Dragon Gonzalez versus The Undertaker. No, because we already had it stinking out the place at WrestleMania 9. It's a good job there was a roof on that well, venue. Undertaker the didn't beat still been there. Undertaker didn't beat them, really. <laughs> really, that was a hollow victory. Oh, the Giant Gonzalez broke the streak, really. He, he's the <laughs> best wrestler ever. Yeah. Because we've, we've got now the rest in peace match, which is no clarification as to what a rest in peace match is at this it's point. It's just a no DQ match. I yeah, think. I, I, I think that's it a... means um, it's got to be a really poor match. I think that's what rest <laughs> in peace gonna... stands for. Yeah, you'll, you'll wish you were resting in peace. <laughs> Fair play, Giant Gonzalez. He, he, he's a bit unsteady on his feet, isn't he? <laughs> It's He's like, a bit like Bob Barbie on ice or something, isn't he? Terrible. It's not quite joint Carly Barbie. You kind of fear for his safety just walking to the ring. He's, He's... He's so bad. He's amazing. <laughs> and that outfit. Shall I tell my Jim Ross story now? 
there was one. He, obviously, he was in WCW beforehand. Yeah. Right? El Gigante. Uh, Giant Gonzalez as El Gigante, yeah. And he was due to have a feud with Ric Flair. Oh, God. And, uh, yes. Yes. Classic. Classic. At classic. one point on the WCW sh- programming, uh, Jim Ross has to interview El Gigante about his feud with Ric Flair. And bear in mind how, you know, Rick, uh, Jim Ross is a tall enough guy, but bear in mind how tall El Gigante, Giant Gonzalez is. Eight feet tall. Yep. So there's a bit where Jim Ross is literally holding his microphone up to interview uh, ringside, to interview El Gigante. And it, Jim Ross is going, so El Gigante, uh, you know, you've been uh, challenging Ric Flair, um, a man who's travelled America and the world, defending the NWA world title. He's been multiple world champion. Um, you know, wh- what exactly are you going to do? Uh, what's your tactics for taking down such a skilled opponent? And he holds the microphone up and then all he gets is, Flair, I'll kill you. <laughs> Nothing else. <laughs> so he goes, and then apparently Jim Ross is going, oh God, we're on live television here, right? I'm going to fill up the time. So, uh, yeah, yeah, you're, uh, he's hyping up, he's going, yeah, 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 seven foot, um, uh, ten, 10 inches tall, you know, this much pounds, you know, this kind of stuff is like kind of going, uh, you know, Flair's never met a guy like you, you're from Argentina, you know, you're far better of Argentina, you come to America. It's like going, to, so what, what exactly, you know, is, is the world title your ultimate aim when you, you got into wrestling? Flair, I kill you. <laughs> Did Giant Gonzalez talk? Because I was yeah. with, he was with, um, Oh, you don't, I don't think he, man, wasn't I he? think he just went raw into it. Right. Yeah. It's I a think... famous, the brilliant line of just just Undertaker, Undertaker, <laughs> <Yeah>. Undertaker. <laughs> it's that's not... his that's his interviews, yeah. It's, it's not... weird, like you kind of get in this match. You know, you get two. Basically, you've got two dodgy gimmicks, but one's been done perfectly, and you know, shows one's a guy with a furry gimmick. crotch, yes, yeah, with a furry, yeah, aye. <laughs> and then you got Giant Gonzalez, who's you know, with his rather limited mood set, I think. One gimmick's been done perfectly, and then you've got The Undertaker. That's what you should have said. <laughs> oh, no, no. Yeah. I, I like the fact that at the start of the match, though, Taker, as a face, jumps the bell and attacks yeah. him straight away. Well, we've already angry. the face match, you know. The following contest, scheduled for one fall, is the rest in peace match. Now, that's it's going to be interesting. There will be no disqualification. Oh no. There will be no countout. Oh no. But there will be a decisive winner. I th- I put, Gonzalez only knows a big boot, a club with his forearm, and an Irish whip. That's it. He is, that's, yeah, that's he is moves. quite limited, really, isn't he? Isn't that two moves more than WrestleMania 9, though? <laughs> Probably, yeah. But apart from the body be slam, so hard. He, he pops a body slam at one point. It must be okay, so hard, though, to, as like as a wrestler, to try and think how how do I work with this? How yeah, it must you must look at it and kind of go, what am I going to do? I mean, you see like you know um, videos of like wrestlers in Japan having matches with like mops and stuff. Yeah, but the problem is like Gonzalez is less mobile than a mop. Yeah, and he's he's, he's less charisma. He can't do anything in it at all. Does, doesn't he? Doesn't he selling involve looking like he's swimming through treacle? Pretty yeah, much. Yeah, it's very weird. The arms kind of go. Oh, <laughs> oh. It's like you know, it's like he's been told, right, you're on the deck of the Starship Enterprise and they've just been hit by an asteroid. <laughs> <laughs> just go like that. Just flop yourself around like that. 
<laughs> and of course, Bobby Heenan brings out the whole he earned it joke as his tradition yeah, in an yeah, Undertaker yeah. match. I was like, did, did every heel start a feud with the Undertaker by nicking the urn? Giant Gonzalez against the Undertaker. Yes, someone will rest in peace as a result of this matchup. And there, in the clutches of Harvey Whippleman, the urn that Harvey was instrumental and stealing from The Undertaker. No, 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 he earned it. Oh, I see, yeah, right. Just didn't your man, uh, Mr. Hughes did, didn't he? Mr. Hughes yeah, did. Mr. Hughes yep. did. Yep. Did someone um, turn it into um, chains? Gold chains or something? Did yeah, Ted DiBiase do it before SummerSlam 94, or was that... Oh, yeah, yeah, the faker ticket, didn't he? You did the faker. Yeah. Um, but I've got down here, um, Taker fairly clatters into the stairs with his knees. Yeah. At one point. That looks sore. <laughs> and then Paul a- Paul Bearer enters. Thank God. With a wreath. With a wreath. A black wreath. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then I've written down for the finish. Uh, clothesline City, bitch. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's Clothesline City. Yeah, a clothesline wins it. A clothesline from the top of the rope wins it. Not the top row, Not a, just... Not, a, not an old school kind of like arm bar and crashing down the shoulder. No, 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 no. Certainly not a tombstone. Yeah. You ain't going to be tombstoning that guy any soon. Fair enough. Th- you're not going to be th- choke slamming him. I suppose when you think about it, what else are you going to do? You can't do anything with it, can you? Exactly. No. What, what can you do? He's, he's such a big guy. Yeah, he's such a huge guy. What There's nothing you the can do with him. What the hell do you do? And then at the end, uh, Vince goes, and now we know what a rest in peace match is. Shite, yeah. <laughs> yes. It would have been good to know that from the start, Vince, but thanks yeah. anyway. No, no. Oh. And then we get the Gonzalez face turn. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I was like, well, is this the Gonzalez face turn? But you know what? You know what, though? Man with you, know glasses. what? you know what, though, Cameron? Go on. He can't even choke Sam Harvey Whippleman. No, I know. <laughs> he gets him about <laughs> two what... feet off the ground, and that's, well, that's because Harvey jumps. Well, where was Papa Shango to make the save? Eh? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, he was that with his hoe train, wasn't he? I've got probably. I've got a little note on here, by the way, that Al will appreciate this. It's like, well, do you not think that uh, both Jim Connett and Harvey Whippleman go to the same optician? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's the same pair of glasses. You never see them in the same, in the same room, do you? Oh, think of the prescription, though, Phil. Think of the prescription. <laughs> Sorry, I'm speaking to professionals here, aren't yeah, I? You're speaking, you're speaking to a professional, uh, professional team here. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great promo, isn't it, from Cornette when they do him and Yokozuna? Oh, that is amazing. This is uh, really that's, good. That's what oh, comes can, up next, isn't it? Can we, can we just rewind Giant Gonzalez two seconds? Go on. Um, he, his first term was supposed to go somewhere. I'm, I'm sure it was. <laughs> he was yeah, supposed to, I, I mean, I'm going to upset you by knowing what feud you missed out on because he got injured. Well, but apparently he was supposed to go on to fight Adam Bomb. I mean, oh, five-star classics oh, would have come out of that one. Oh, you know what? Oh. I, I, I reckon Adam Bomb could have powerbombed him. I really do. <laughs> Well, he's, he was powered by gamma rays or something, wasn't he? <laughs> he, was the, he was the nuclear guy from Superman 4, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, yeah. Essentially his gimmick. Pretty much. Do you know how many stars that match got with Dave Meltzer? Me- negative. None. <laughs> got one star. One? Oh, I thought it was negative numbers, definitely. No, one star. I thought it would have been negative as well. Oh, Jesus boy. Christ, it was awful. Awful. But we've done that now. We can get on some tag team action now. Uh, well, no, no, no. We've got the promo. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah. Joe Fuller slash Fowler, whoever uh, interviews. Well, it doesn't so much interview Okazuna. as just stick a mic in front of Jim Cornette's face and let him yep. talk. It's incredible. It's promo gold. Have had a night of surprises. Surprise number one: Jerry Lawler comes out on crutches. Then another surprise: Paul Bearer 
Luger shows up out of nowhere. Might the next surprise be Lex Luger takes the belt? I'll tell you the biggest surprise, your employment. Let me tell you something right now. Lex Luger, I want you to listen and listen good to my voice while you take a look at the last sight that you may ever see in your living life, brother. The great Yokozuna, the beast, the monster. You look in those eyes and like I've said before, you see no pity, you see no fear, you see no compassion for his fellow man. All you see is the intention to take you, Lex Luger, and rip you limb from limb. You throw your arms up, Lex Luger, when you get in that ring. And you draw the power of all those millions of Americans that you've touched hands with all across the call to action campaign. You draw that power from all of them, Luger, and you're still going to come up short. The auto workers in Detroit, the farmers in Kansas, and the common people all across America. They're going to give you their strength. And Lex Luger, it's not going to be enough, no matter how hard you fight, to take this big man down. We've waited a long time, and now the time for talking is over. The time for action has come. And brother, the last thing that you will hear tonight at SummerSlam of 93 is this. Bonsai! If a picture's worth a thousand, that's ten grand right there, Vince! Because it must be difficult to get a character across when Jim Connett's actually an American, yet he's representing a Japanese Yeah, he's he's guy, English spokesman. Heel, yeah. I think that uh, worked really well, because it was a year or so till they did Cap Cornet. Probably, yeah, I think it was. It was obviously uh, those that after the Owen heel turn, wasn't it? And he brought in yeah. David yeah, Boy yeah. and Owen Hart and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so we're now into a match where it features... Two future WWF Hall of Famers. Can you guess which two they are? I thought we, we did have a, we do have a Hall of Fame at ringside. Um. Oh, well, Affa. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. There's two <laughs> Hall of Famers. Oh, there is Luna Vachon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Luna's uh, in there. Before we get on this match, another little tidbit for you. Go on. This wasn't meant to be the match for SummerSlam. Doesn't shock me. What was meant to be? You the reckon? Match? It was supposed to be a mixed tag team match. With uh, Bam Bam Bigelow and Luna Vachon taking on to Tanker and Sh- Sensational Sherry. Hmm, happened to Sherry then? What happened to Sherry? Yeah. Well, I think. <sighs> Why would she be with Tanka? Well, do you not remember WrestleMania Nine? Oh, you have to remind me. All right. Well, it was the whole thing. She she aligned herself with Tanka because um, that was who Michaels was using against at the time. Yeah. And I think they sort of kept it together a bit after WrestleMania Nine. And then she was feuding with Luna Vachon. And now, I don't know why the match was crap. <laughs> I think Luna Vachon broke a wrist in a match with her on one of the house shows. But I also think Sherry was maybe sadly into the drugs a bit at this point in time. All <laughs> oh, right, okay. Um, so I think with Luna's injury and Sherry not being the sort of performing the best, they decided to scrap it and just throw together the six-man tag instead. Yeah. yeah well, it's, it's quite serviceable. I just put a note on here saying, this is fine and all, but I'm struggling to really care. I think the, yeah. the guys put a decent effort in. Oh, it's put a decent effort, but you, you're, you're sitting there kind of going, why would an Indian team with two cowboys? Which, to be <laughs> fair, Bobby Heenan does bring up. The talk and the smoking guns having your problems from the get-go. Well, it's just like the Dallas Cowboys and the Cleveland Indians. None of them are winners. Yeah, he also mentions that Shawn Michaels has left the building at this point. Yes. Uh, is that yeah, not the, I was trying to think, is that not the first example of Shawn Michaels has left the building? I'm sure he did it before that. But, but it seems, it seems to take Vince by surprise. Vince is like, well, why have you mentioned that? Why should I care? What, why would Shawn Michaels put that message down there? It seems to make a big thing of it. But can they function as a unit, Bobby? Just a moment. Thank you. Give me that message. Okay. What are you doing? Uh, excuse me. Yeah. Shawn Michaels 
has left the building. Shawn Michaels, big deal. Shawn Michaels has left the building with the Intercontinental Championship. That's right, with Diesel, but they've asked me to make the announcement. I see. Thank you very much for that bit of information. Don't mention it. I'm sure, maybe did, did he do it at WrestleMania 8? Because Sean's on first, I isn't he? I thought he did it at WrestleMania 8, but I could be wrong. I could, could be yeah, wrong. I, I, I was going to okay. say, I could be wrong as well. Well, well, well. You know, what you do see this match is like how good Bam Bam was for a big guy. Yeah. He was awesome. Like when he lays out, um, is it Tatanka starts like tankering up? Water dancing. And he hits him in the back head with a kick. Like, no, you don't. Bosh. Yeah. Down you go. I love the, um, is it the, the triple headbutt they all attempt? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's part of the ending yeah because Tatanka moves out of the way that's a great spot that is because they do like an actual triple headbutt like a normal headbutt don't they all three of them at once yeah and then they do the one off the top rope but that, that kind of like the, 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 the tag team work between those is great you know they're like a great kind of little team yeah I'll just put down here though would the head shrinkers gimmick actually work today and I'm thinking probably not because A you'd probably think a little bit racist a little bit and then B it's like kind of going, you have a team who take glorious um, joy in being battered full force in the head. <laughs> that seems a little bit <clears throat> incompatible with today's product. That, yes, I was going to say that would be probably... Well, technically I haven't got that, but they're called the Usos. Yeah, but it's not a case of, you know, if you batter the Usos in the head, they just don't feel it. They no, just go, just, ooh, ooh. And they just Fatou... You do that to their shoulders and they miss WrestleMania, that's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does Fatu do his, his spot in this match? He doesn't quite a lot whether, like, somebody, like, throws him face first into the mat. And he just gets up straight away and super kicks them. Yeah, she does it. Yeah, I love that. He does that squash. Uh, yeah, he lays out Billy, doesn't he? He kills Billy Gunn it's, with one. It's, yeah, it's Billy Gunn. Yeah, I was going to say there's one point where Fatu and Billy are working hella stiff early on. Oh, they, they know the attitude is coming. <laughs> well, yeah, but they properly batter each other. I don't know. There's a couple of moves where you're kind of going, that was a bit forceful. <laughs> well, yeah. Bart Gunn doesn't get his uh, left hand in, does he? He's got a lethal left hand, that Bart Gunn. Yeah. left hand, Bart Gunn, yeah. But Billy also he gets put over the top rope towards the end. I think Bam Bam tries to put over the top rope, doesn't quite get him. So, uh, so I think it, I think it's uh, Fatu just kind of like launches him straight into the ground. Yeah, that looks pretty brutal. But I kept getting distracted in this match because there's some guys walking across in the background with a giant thing of candy floss. <laughs> I see it all the time. It's about six feet long. I don't know. I noticed it more in this match because it's, it's like a wide shot and you see it in the background and it's about six feet square of just pure candy floss. I was like, what the hell's yeah, that? Yeah, it's it's amazing. Have you ever been to an American sporting event? No. It's like, put it this way, there was, when I went to see uh, an NHL game, the best so it was, yeah, it was brilliant. Uh, you could order Domino's pizza to your seat. Ooh. Do you Americans like, do it right? Proper Domino's pizza, and then they would deliver it to your seat. That's how it should they be. They come in down the stairs and kind of go, well, there you go, you pay your money, off, you know, away they go. And it's yeah. fantastic because all it took was for my dad to turn around to me and go, are you hungry? Because I am, kind of thing. And there was a guy just kind of zipped up next to us and kind of went, uh, if you're hungry, sir, then Domino's Pizza. And my dad went, um, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so was was he like expecting then, a slice rather yeah. than a whole pizza? Uh, no, and then the guy was like kind of going oh well what do you want and I was like kind of going oh come here pepperoni blah 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 my dad ordered something else and then I was like kind of going yeah come around and literally five minutes later we had full pizzas in our laps watching ice hockey it was great was that better than this match? Uh, yeah for an experience <laughs> yeah watching yeah. the Boston Bruins play the San Jose Sharks yeah it was amazing but, but, at the Fleet Centre which was the home of Wrestlemania 14 let's not forget but that, that, that's not important we've got to go out to Lexus Express and meet Hank the driver we have, yes, we have. Um, hey, yes. After, you notice, like, 
the look in his eyes when he says that he's been on, he's, he spent two months on that bus with Lex Luger. Yeah. Imagine, <laughs> Please kill me. Yeah. Imagine, <laughs> imagine the smell. Uh, <laughs> Just wearing what? all those shirts all the time, making Timberly Gill kids better. Right. This guy drove Lex Luger, your number one face, around America, pushing SummerSlam. Right. Yeah. Doing the whole thing. Yeah. It's the moment they say, "Oh, you're watching SummerSlam on your monitor here." Could they know you've even got another ticket? Say hi to Hank Carter. How you doing, Hank? Great, Joe. How you doing tonight? Fantastic. I see you've got your monitor. You're watching SummerSlam. Having fun. Great time. Great time. Been watching all the matches tonight. Everything's just wonderful. All right. Now, you spent two months. You got to know the country, and you really got to know Lex Luger. Yes, that's correct. I, this, is, this Lex Luger is one of the fantastic wrestlers of all times. He, he is, he's such a genuine person. He's such a compassionate person, especially with the children. Yeah, the poor bus. <laughs> he can't leave it alone, can he? He can he's stuck in the electric bus. on his telly in his, in his, in his bus. He can it's in case someone steals his bus, he's worried Ludwig Borger might attack it, you see. Yeah, Ludwig Borger might spray it with a big Finnish flag and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And then uh, Joe asks a stupid question. Which, to be fair, he marks out as a stupid question. Yeah. Although, to, you know, fair enough, it's better than Todd interviewing the Toga guy in the middle of the crowd. Yeah. Where did you get the Toga from? My mum got some fabric. What's your name? Bruce Blur. Bruce is one of the waves in the sea of red, white, and blue out here. Where are you from, Bruce? I'm from Wyandotte, Michigan. Get a shot of this outfit. Now, what was the inspiration for this beautiful red, white, and blue toga? My mom went to Sears and made me a bedspread, sheets, and a pillowcase. <laughs> what the heck? Make me an outfit. You look great, my friend. USA. The crowd is going crazy. The action is hot and heavy here at SummerSlam. USA. No, th- this is the thing, right? He's wearing a red, white, and blue toga. That's a toga made famous by the Romans, <laughs> who are from Italy. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah, America. The point is, he's wearing a toga, and he's patriotic. America, come on. Jesus Christ. Because we're into one of my favorite parts of the show now, which I'm, I'm no. assuming is like a massive troll. It's when we, we, we ask to show respect for the Japanese national anthem. At this time, would you please show some respect as Mr. Kiyotaka Suzuki sings the Japanese national anthem. Uh, sort of a catchy tune i like it oh, really yeah is that actually the japanese national anthem i don't know 
And I want to know, is the guy deliberately singing it that bad? Yeah, it, it, was, it was terrible. It, but, was, um, it, I, I, it was so brilliantly done. If that was, was, that was on purpose, that is fantastic. Because <laughs> he comes out there singing the, national, the Japanese national anthem really badly. It is awful. And it just whips the crowd up into a frenzy, doesn't it? Yeah, it's just... <laughs> they should have got Nikolai Volkov to sing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just amazing. It's just brilliant. I, I really hope it was on purpose. They go, right, we haven't seen the national anthem, but he does it really badly. Yeah. <laughs> Out of tune. It's and like everything they've, they've got some guy off the street or something to do it because they're going meow he's all over the place isn't he it's fantastic and then just to kind of you know to counteract that you get um who is it Aaron Neville Aaron Neville some guy Adrian's dad and he he sings the shit out of the American anthem, doesn't he he wobbles oh, a bit, yeah. He's just, yeah, but he's, he, it's, it's amazing because they kind of go, you know, multi-platinum recording artist. And I'm like, going, oh, he'll, he'll fairly, fairly belt this one out. I can hear yeah, This could be proper, like, you know, the stars, but it's not. Proper like, giving it some. Stars, by the dawn's early light, was so proudly we hear at the twilight's last gleaming, whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous despised for the ramparts we watch. Was so gallantly streaming, and the rockets red glare, the bombs bursting in air, gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Oh, sing does that star-spangled banner yet wave? For the land of the free and the home of the brave. One of the most stirring renditions of our national anthem ever heard. He's really, he's pushing those notes, isn't he? It's just the, terrible. They told him the um, the arena had to be dark for uh, Lex Luger's entrance, so he was extended out as long as he could. <laughs> <laughs> and he's out with the Macho Man as well. The Macho Man's wearing the red, white, and blue. Oh, that that makes me so sad when he turns up. It's like, listen, you were main eventing things. You were main eventing last year's SummerSlam for God's sake, and now look what you're reduced to. The master of ceremony. Master of ceremony. <laughs> no wonder he left. The thing but is, they, they... whilst the national anthem is being sung. Earl Herbner has his hand on his chest and he's he's he's, he's practically greeting. And I was like, going, "Hold on, bent ref, bent ref, much? Come on, show some impartiality." <laughs> Before it's, we start it's... the match, can we just briefly talk about how Luger got the title shot? Oh Jesus! This the on the uh, the the the, the slam challenge on, on July the fourth for the USS Intrepid. Um, for some reason, Mister Fuji issued an open challenge. 
anyone who could slam Yokozuna would get the title shot. Yeah. That is amazing. And, uh, but it wasn't, it was a hip toss. Come on, we all know this. It doesn't look more like a hip toss, yes. He didn't slam it as hip toss. Both Steiner brothers tried at the same time. What would have happened if they achieved that? Would we get our first triple threat match? <laughs> that would have been amazing. That would have been amazing. Bob Backlund both... tried. Crush tried. Oh, even Macho Man himself tried. <laughs> is that this worry. after Macho Man tried to pin Yokozuna during the Royal Rumble? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't understand the rules. Um, <laughs> but then the helicopter would come out and Lex Luger, for no reason at all, would be wearing an American shirt. And <laughs> the narcissist, Lex Luger, yes, give him his name right. Is that not the narcissist? No, he's a face now. He's a face. He's going to come out, he's going to slam Yokozuna, and that's it done. So so I was just wondering, you know, if, if there's any sort of, if we're walking down the street and there's any sort of lighter champions, can we just slam them and get a title shot? Is that how it works? Yeah. Well, if, if, if that champion's manager just happens to get a big boat... And <laughs> yeah, hire out a massive US boat. Spend an American holiday basically going, yep. <laughs> Ain't no one ever going to slam this guy. They were really, really trying to push Luger hard, didn't they? Oh my god, it's to the point of absolute like thermonuclear nausea. We need a new Hogan, please. We need a new Hogan. Yeah, pretty much. That's what this whole thing was based on. We need a new Hogan. We need a new Hogan. And they pit Luger. At one point, Vince does say, "When you think of respect, you think of Lex Luger." But he's when a he... narcissist, Lex Luger. When he jumps ship to go yeah. to WCW. <laughs> yeah, that's Two it. years after this. <laughs> yeah. But Yokozuna comes out first, which makes no sense. They pull the whole John Cena thing, don't they? He's the heel, so the heel but always the comes champion, out The champion first. comes out last. You know, it's, they did the same at WrestleMania 5 when Savage was his champion. They made him come out first as well. I'm sure it's, there's other examples, but that's the one that springs well, to mind. Well, it's like all the whole thing with like John Cena would come out first before CM Punk when they had their matches and stuff. Will come out last, even sorry. It, no, no, the champion comes out last because he's the champion. That's how it works. I'm sorry. Yeah. But then, like, Macho refers to him as, like, the next champion. Lex Luger. Yeah, not biased much. It is my honor and my privilege to introduce to you the next world wrestling. Federation Champion Good luck. Lex Luger! But when he does come out, Bobby Heenan is not a friend anymore, so they're not doing the whole, you know, show me the arms. He was practically jizzing in his pants at the um, Royal Rumble, <laughs> the moment, wasn't he? Yeah. Not anymore. Oh, Not he's... anymore. No, he's got over it. <laughs> I think that that was Bobby Heenan's gay phase. It's now gone. It's now gone. So we finally end up with the total package of Luger and a very, very big heavy man in the ring. Yes. For 20 minutes. It's about that, yeah. It's about 2025, I think. I played to Yoko. He just lasts a fair bit, he? does look... Absolutely shattered from about halfway through onwards, though. Yeah, from about five he's minutes in. He's sweating bullets. Yeah. Don't worry, he's, he's got that lethal nerve hold, mate, and have a good 10 minute rest. <laughs> yeah, pretty much that, yeah, that Japanese nerve hold. <laughs> I think the problem um, is, you've got, like, Lex Luger isn't the most charismatic man in the world, and he's not he's not a ring general. Like, he can't really. I think he works no. better with someone who can carry, he can carry, like, with, oh. like, his best matches are with Ric Flair. We, you know, you've got Flair yeah. carrying him, basically. And the same with Yoko. It's the problem we talked about with um, 
uh, Drake Gonzalez, he's a big, big man, and there's only so much you can do with him. Yeah. So you kind of put those two things in the ring together, and it's not the most electrical combinations. No, not really. No. They, they, they put a lot of effort in. You know, there's all kind of shenanigans oh, yeah, yeah, around yeah, the ring yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, they do delay in time waste a lot because obviously, you know, the, the Fuji, even very early on, even before the match starts properly, Fuji's creeping up behind. Yeah. Going with, uh, with the shenanigans. Um, like, isn't there a bit where Yokozuna's choking out Luger with his trunk dangly bits? Yeah, he gets um, one of the, his cords from his, yeah. his like, robe. The rest is there counting, even though you can basically see what's going on. Yeah. And then does he swing a chair at him? And then does the ref see that? Um, yeah, he swings a steel chair at him when Luger's against the guardrail. Uh, not guardrail. The against the post on the outside. And the ref sees it, you're thinking if, if that had connected, it would have been instant DQ. Yeah. But uh, Luger because he misses, it's fine. <clears throat> yeah, because he misses, it's fine. So it's, it's more fine. the contact is what gets you disqualified. <laughs> the intent is fine. The intent is fine. This all makes no sense because later on they do a whole thing of distracting the ref to get the bucket into the ring. Yeah, and I was like, but you just like picked up a chair and swung it at his head just now, and that was yeah, fine. Exactly. But if you're going to connect with it, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, yeah, I, that, that's my problem. Clearly, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's just a lot of like. Yeah, uh, clotheslines and ridding into things, and well, it basically goes about it's it's the whole thing. The story actually in the match is really good. You know, you've got your leaner all-American machine Lex Luger trying to you know beat this guy, and obviously body slam him in the process. There's there's, there's a kind of echo of Hogan Andre in this. Yeah, uh, all I think permeates the whole thing. I think Luger's a bit more leaner than he usually would be. Yes, they, but they reference that on commentary. They reference yeah, whilst Yoko bulked up. Luger yeah. went the other way. Luger's, well, what Hogan Luger's did, gone for speed and agility. Hogan yeah, because that. Um, the, the um, steroid indictment that's coming up in two months' time had nothing to do with Luger. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Kept Molina, yeah. No, no, no. Didn't no, do no, with no. it at all. Um, it then ends up, you, you get them battling back and forth. It then ends up with, towards the end of the match, Yoko has basically got him um, and he's pounding on Luger, but Luger's not quitting. Even though Vince and Heenan have kind of given up on Luger. Next Luger, now look at this! Gentlemen, nonetheless, a gallant effort, a gallant effort on unquestionably a real American hero. The cover for Legazak, two and three. You go. No, he didn't get him. He didn't get him. No, he didn't. He didn't get him at all. No, he didn't either. He got him, McManus. He did not. The referee was right there looking right at the shoulders. Yeah, that's when Yoko nails him in that suplex, isn't it? Just the belly to belly on him, and they're like, oh, no, that's it. He's done. Oh, he kicked out. Oh, my God. Then the body slam comes. Hip toss. Hip lock, hip lock. Hip lock, hip lock. Fuji, Fuji gets up on the ring apron but gets battered. Yeah. Um, same with Cornet. And then there's a running forearm which then knocks Yoko flying out the, through the ropes and out to out the arena floor. Yeah. It's a count-out victory. You wouldn't know it by watching the ending. Yeah, I, I, I have some questions at this point. Shall I read out my questions? Go on. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Why isn't Lex trying to get him into the ring? Or stop the referee counting us and we care. Yeah. Why is he happy? Why is Macho celebrating? Yeah. Why are the faces coming out? Exactly. Why is there confetti? Where did those balloons come from?
as Bobby Heenan says, Yoko was still the champ. So why are they lifting him up? Yeah, exactly. I just don't get it. It's like he's he's beating him. Great. Like, wouldn't it have been if you were going to extend this feud anymore and you wanted to get a match, say you want to get your title match at Survivor Series down completely? Would you not? Because I mean, Yoko sells this forever. Yeah, he's, he's still flat on his back on his on the floor he's on the outside. Gassed. He's still asleep. Physically can't move. But would you not have had Yoko get in? You know, do the celebration all this kind of stuff. Would you not have then had Yokozuna get in, grab Luger, slam him on the deck, then banzai him? Yeah, something like that. And then just walk out, hold the belt aloft, like that. Walk yeah. out with Jim Cornette and Fuji. The place would have just been gone thermonuclear booing. Yeah. Or have like Yoko like, <clears throat> dodge the elbow by rolling up the ring and just grabbing the belt and walk in. No, so don't, don't even do that. Still have the count out victory, right? Yeah. I but see, instead yeah. of all this, instead of all this parading round, even during that, let him do a little bit of that, but on his own. Don't have any of the faces come down, right? Or yeah. Bruce Hart, or Bruce Hart, no. <laughs> and then uh, the kidneys. But then uh, it's it's um, then have Yoko just basically get up, and whilst Luca's distracted by all this celebration, yeah, I've got a victory, blah 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 blah. Just have literally Yoko pick him up, belly to belly him in the corner, drag him across to the ropes. And then have him banzai him. Yeah. <coughs> banzai him twice. Like he did with um, Hulk Hogan when he killed Hulkamania. I yeah. think, uh, I think <clears throat> um, if, he did, if they did that, I've got, I've got a sneaky suspicion, would the crowd chant for Hogan? No. It's a tricky one. Lex Luger will get his rematch, says Vince. Uh, yes, eventually, but not right away. Well, and then it's well, like, Lex Luger will be WWF champion. Never did. But he, he, it was supposed to be a one-shot only deal. That was the thing about it. Yeah, they do say, don't they? Like he's one opportunity and stuff. Yeah, yeah, but then obviously the Royal Rumble comes into play. Yeah, but 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 this special dispensation they do address that actually strangely in the in the following logic that that plot point is addressed come the Royal Rumble. They don't just forget about it. Mm. That's all right then. That's, that's how it should work. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did read an interview with Lex. We talked about they asked him why he didn't win this this um, the SummerSlam, mm-hmm. and he, he does say that like when it became clear he was going to win, some like people threatened to leave the company. Oh. And I'm not sure who it would be because, like, people said, "Oh, it would be the click," but the click wasn't really there in '93, was it? It wasn't no, until about a year or so later when they no. kind of started to get their power. I think Bret Hart might have been on that list. Yeah, the only people I can think of, like Bret Hart, maybe The Undertaker, but they're the only ones <laughs> of any kind of like your know, Hogan's gone by this point. Like, who else is up there at like the top of the company apart from Bret and the Taker? There's no other big faces. Apart and from Scott Hall, maybe, but Taker's still very much in the kind of novelty gimmick arena. Yeah, he's not like because when you think about it, when was well, he won it against Hogan briefly. Yeah, but then didn't get it again until WrestleMania 13. Yeah, because doesn't he take some time out, like recover from some injuries or something? Yeah, it was when he got buried alive. Well, I'm sure you put in the casket at Royal uh, Rumble, wasn't it? And the Royal terrible flying angle and all the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm not sure if it would be him, so it must have been Bret Hart. That's the only one, you know, to, to narrow it down. Well, I'm just going to recite another piece from Bret Hart's book. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I think I've recited it before, but we'll, we'll, we'll do with it. According to Bret Hart's book, the main event was supposed to be Bret Hart versus Hogan for this SummerSlam, mm. with um, Hogan putting the title onto him, but I'm not convinced. 
even though Bret Hart insists there was pictures taken and somewhere in the world there exist pictures of Bret Hart having a tug of war with Hogan over the belt. Off of the poster, yeah. Yeah, I, but I, this, think, yeah. I think it was just an idea between Vince and Hogan just to pretend Bret to get there just to shut his ego up. I <laughs> honestly think they went to all this bother doing the whole photo shoot and everything just to shut Bret Hart up. Yeah, no I think intentions. that's the problem with this. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's so many political things swirling around this. You've got the whole thing with Hogan leaving after the King of the Ring. You've got Bret Hart won in the belt. You've got like all this kind of stuff swirling around, and that just leaves Lex Luger in the middle celebrating a countout victory. Yeah, because if you read Bret Hart's book and the, the DVD uh, picks it up a lot, is he just loves himself and he thinks because yeah. he's so good, he should be the one in the main event. He should be one win the title like for every match, every pay per view, yeah. and that, that that much makes sense. What you said about somebody threatening to leave, it does sound. Very much like it'll be like well, what you put the title on him for. I'm far better. Yeah, than well, it's like you know, why have you got me? Yeah. Why have you got me feuding with Jerry Lawler when I should be yeah. having the belt? So yeah, that that, that probably makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it, I think this was Luger's kind of high watermark because after this, he co-won the Rumble. Yeah, and then he was in WrestleMania 10, but didn't win. And then by was it 95, he's gone. Then he's off to WWE again, isn't he? By the uh, start of the actual era now. Yeah, he never he he never really recovered from this loss, really. To be honest with you. They should have they kept him heel, I think. That was the problem. Built, I don't... built him up so much for this one moment, and of course it was an anti-climax because he didn't win the title, and then he it's never really recovered. It's isn't it? Because this is no... How can you celebrate a countdown victory? Well, clearly with, with an amazing song, according to this pay-per-view. Oh yes, mm. um, <laughs> you see him on that bus. He lived the gimmick on that bus. Like every shirt he wears has got stars and stripes on it. Do you notice that? The um, release that uh, the release that on the anthology discs that song on the anthology music thing that song made the discs. Oh I, God, it's worth it because it's it's a classic song. Come on, boys. Oh, I, I, I quite like it. <laughs> yeah, and then we get the uh, the final final promo of the match, which is kind of uh, punctuated by Tatanka in a towel. Now, I don't think I've ever seen this. Um, I don't remember this ever being on the original Sky broadcast. I've read about it today, uh, and I, I've seen a still of it, but I, I don't <coughs> remember this promo at all. Is it on the network version? Yeah, it's, it's, network. On, yeah, it's on the network right, version. It's right it at the very, this. very... You have to sit through the... Uh, oh, you can obviously fast-forward it. The music video for... Why would you fast-forward it? Hero! The music video didn't make it on the anthology, the SummerSlam anthology. No, it's, it's, it's obvious that they've, they, they, this has ended like five minutes before it was supposed to. Right. Because they <laughs> fill it with the bloody video, and then yeah. you get the whole thing of, you know... Luger's interviewed in the in the locker room. Uh, Tatanka's got a towel on for some reason. Yeah. Um, and then they get Ludwig Borger walking in. Just walks in for no reason. Lex Luger, I'm here in your locker room to tell you that I am not impressed with you. And I am not impressed with your friends either. And I'm certainly not impressed about the country you 
stand up for. Now let me tell you something. If you ever step in the ring with Ludwig Borga, I will crush you like America is crumbling. Piece by piece. And I see you as the backbone of America. And if you ever step in the ring with me, I will break it. Not impressed will, with this shitty count out win. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I will I will crumble you like your country is crumbling. And yeah. then uh, then he buggers off. <laughs> yeah. He seems to be obsessed with the word crumble, doesn't he? He does. I mean, Maybe he just literally likes apple crumble. Yes. Rhubarb crumble. He probably just likes, yeah, a good, decent crumble. Like a good rhubarb crumble. Vince's gimmick that he was going to be some sort of pie man from Finland. <laughs> yeah. he, would, he would cook a different crumble for every rest. It's just, there's nothing really outstanding about it, is there? They should, they should have finished it off by him using that bomb from Diode with a Vengeance and put it on the Lex Express. <laughs> That's how they should have ended it. <laughs> if, if this was actually yeah. there, Yoko would have burned up the Lex Express, wouldn't he? That's how it would have worked. He would have, he would have just taken literally like a, you know, a, 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 a massive, probably Japanese-made crane or something like that, <laughs> and smashed it right into the side of Lex Express and shoved it off a building. And then he would, he would have got, surely he would have got Godzilla to eat it or something, wouldn't he? Oh, yes. oh God, can you imagine that? That would have been amazing. Oh, but Christ. there's no um. It kind of it's weird. It's a weird pay per view because it builds to this big moment at the end, and then you you kind of get it, but it doesn't happen. I, I enjoy the pay per view except the main event. That's that's for me the thing I don't I, I don't really enjoy as much. I think yeah, it's nothing too special throughout the show, but it's it's watchable, it's enjoyable. But I just the main event seems to build to nothing. <laughs> I think that's the whole yeah. It, it's, whole it just kind of goes. It builds up to this such massive crescendo, and then just kind of goes. Uh, that this, count this, out. Count out. The celebration at the end is just so over the top for so nothing. Like, yeah, for what is a count-out victory. It just we, we clearly went, well, we've got the balloons in. We may as well celebrate. I mean, yeah. we've not got the belt and stuff, but let's just have a little bit of a thing in the ring. But the crowd yeah. are cheery, though, aren't they? There must be a dark well, crowd. they whipped up into this nationalistic frenzy. <laughs> it's just, they beat the Japanese menace. Yeah, they've beaten the Japanese menace by count-out. Yeah. Um, this is, you know, like, like as in history itself. Yeah. Pretty much. So where did we put this on the list then? It's better than World War Three. <laughs> um but not by much. Is it better than the uh the ninety eight war eight sorry, the eighty eight War Rumble? Eighty nine uh, Rumble. Royal Rumble, sorry. Not for me. I'd probably say yes. Of course you would. So yeah, I'd I put th- those two would be below it. So what, so it's gonna be Sixth on the list now after King of the Ring '93. Some of like that I can't even remember what the yeah. week table. It's, it's between like King of the Ring '93 and after Royal Rumble '89. Yeah, going with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least there's some decent matches in King of the Ring '93. You know, you got your Brett perfect and yeah, because the perfect match in this one isn't isn't as good as that one. Is no, it? I don't think there's a match from the card this card as good as that one. So you've got to watch the show for Giant Gonzalez and Ludwig Borger. I mean, that's exactly. all the show alone. No, you haven't. <laughs> no, you haven't. You can just forget all about that. It's crap. <laughs> Clearly not a good Giant Gonzalez fan, Jesus. It, it, it's so bad, it's so bad. It's enjoyable, I'm telling you. No, it's not enjoyable at all. I don't want to watch anything with bloody Giant Gonzalez. In it. <laughs> they ever well, had a match together, imagine that, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. No, 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 no. Well, that was a good Triple Threat podcast. That was a very good Triple Threat podcast. Uh, I enjoyed that. Sad so, that Ewan can't be here, but... Who can't be here? Sad that Ewan can't be here. Is that... Is that <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Give over. Uh, do you want to know to whom you are referring? We've re- tell them we've replaced them with a giant Gonzalez for the next podcast. <laughs> Ra podcast. Podcast. <laughs> so the next podcast, we're thinking we're going to do a special one, aren't we? Yeah. Like a theme, like a, about giant Gonzalez's best matches. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll be a very quick one. It'll only be for five minutes. Um, what are you talking about? I'm sure I could pad it. Like half an hour on his giant axe handle, half an hour on his clothesline, half an hour on his big boot. No. Half an hour half on his furry his... crotch. For sort of it. Yeah, it's furry crotch. <laughs> and don't forget his finisher. Who remembers his finisher? Of what a, was his finisher? Of, of a chloroform rag. Oh, that's true. Oh. God. The deadly chloroform rag. A deadly chloroform rag. <laughs> this guy never get over more. I'll never know. Because he was know. rubbish. He was utterly <laughs> terrible, Al. That's why. It's, you're such a negative Nazi, Cameron. I know, but he's terrible. He's just terrible. Oh, so we'll, 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 we'll reveal the, the, the special theme we'll have at some point on the Facebook page, I would have thought. We will, yeah, but we're going to basically have a sort of Legends Wrestling style roundtable with a theme, and we will talk about that theme as far as wrestling goes. Um, yeah. So it won't yeah. be. You two can plan it, and I'll turn yeah, up. That's okay. Um, it won't be based on sort of one pay per view or anything. Like we'll be crisscrossing a fair bit. Yeah. Um, which will probably give uh, Phil a bit of a nightmare grabbing all the audio for it, but I'll give him a hand. It'll be all right. No, it'll be from the one pay per view. That'll be it. There'll be no, 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 this mismatching stuff. All right. Okay. Oh, yeah. It'll be <laughs> a themed podcast on one pay per view. On one pay per view. Right. Okay. Yes. So we're going to go for. The uh, best John tag Gonzalez. team partners of Shawn Michaels at Survivor Series. <laughs> can we um, can we get some sound bites of Giant Gonzalez for this podcast? <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> I think it's at the Royal Rumble, that famous Undertaker thing, when he comes out. Undertaker. Undertaker. I'm sure it's when he um, interferes in the Royal Rumble. Is that when he first he just walks out in the middle of the Royal Rumble and pulls that intake? Is that how it happens? Yeah, and then when he's walking back, I'm sure that's when he goes, Ah, Undertaker. Yeah, I'm sure it is. <laughs> I will watch it on the network when I finish. It'll be it. like um, uh, like that damn test from the last podcast, where it's just like it dispersed <laughs> like every every few minutes. I feel I'm going to Google, um, not Google. I'm going to look on um, network for Giant Gonzalez and see how many things come up. Let's have a look. There'll be a fair bit of WCW stuff in the early nineties, I would imagine. Yeah. But he's not called Giant Gonzalez. That's, see, that's how Ethan knew who he was because Ethan had this annual from WCW 1992 annual that had El Gigante in it. Oh god! He knew he kind of knew him from that, which was weird, and that's why Ethan hates Lex Luger because he hit Ron Simmons with a trophy. What a get! Yeah, no, no, what it just get. it just brings up all the um, all the giant Gonzalez matches. Oh, look, look, hang on, hang on. Um, he on Raw as WrestleMania well? Nine. Who's who's he fighting there? Hang on, hang on. He, he's fighting there. Oh, I didn't tell me he's fighting. Hang on. Right, you just can't carry talking. I'm just watching this. <laughs> okay. Well, we're gonna go then if you're watching stuff. Oh, I'm just, I'm just trying to find out who, 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 which mighty jobber this this match against Giant Gonzalez is. <laughs> he looks like he's performed the choke slam, which is a step up from the last match. Is he actually clear off the ground though this time? Um, we'll find out. <laughs> well, we'll let you know on the next show how that how that finishes, then, folks. <laughs> thank you, uh, thank you, uh, Cameron. Uh, no problem at all. Thank you, Jordy Allen. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. I need to go because my baby's still crying, so... Oh, I heard okay. that, yeah. You go and you attend to the baby. It's, 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 it's the best thing. It is, yeah. Parenthood, teething, lovely. The best, the best thing. 
It's the best thing. Please and, hit me um, with the chair. This, okay. this, the squash match is actually over. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Who won? Um, I, it was... Oh, no, it was a fairly shitty joke, Sam. Um, it was the Giant Gonzalez, <laughs> but I still don't know what the name of the jobber. Sorry. Okay, well, thank you for clarifying that Giant Gonzalez won the squash match. That's brilliant. Thank you for that. Thank you. Vince McMahon sounds impressed. Our, right. our correspondent from the WWE Network has reported into us there. It's what he does. It's what he does. <laughs> Better than the football results, to be fair. Pretty much, yeah. A bit more on topic. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Yeah, better. Gentlemen, the conquistadors have left the building. Let's take you to Joe Fowler. Joe who? That's Joe Fowler.